Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub. This is the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, sit down and drink with people from all different walks in life, some movers and shakers, but so far mostly my comedian friends, and uh, we have a good time. You can follow myself on Twitter, that's at Joe Kilgallen. The podcast is on iTunes. Maybe you're listening through iTunes right now. If you are, hit that subscribe button. Give us a review. Five stars, of course. Don't be a dick. Uh, also on Stitcher, I'm on my website, JoeKilgallen.com, where you can find my tour dates and all sorts of stuff like that. I'll get this out of the way right now. Uh, you should be listening to this on Wednesday, April 11th. I am in St. Louis currently. I'll be headlining the St. Louis Funny Bone Wednesday, April 11th through Sunday, April 15th. And I think it's like eight shows total. So I'm really excited about that because I want to record um, what would be my second album very soon in the not-too-distant future, and this will be a great chance to run the new hour multiple times to see where it's at, what needs to be tightened up. But right now, I'm excited about this podcast today. Uh, it's an old friend of mine. You know how you have those buddies in life that you, uh, you don't talk to every day, but they're those dudes that are really good friends with you, and you know that whenever you see each other, you pick up like old times, and that's one of the dudes right now. He is uh, an owner. I can't say sole proprietor. We'll get into that. I'm in a little <laughs> trouble for saying that once. He is the majority owner of the Whip Theater in Chicago. He uh, is a comedian in his own right as well, a, a great podcaster, a good all-around dude, uh, a man with many stories, <laughs> and uh, he's Tony Valley. How are you, my man? Good, Joe. Thanks. Thanks for that nice introduction. Oh, well, thank you. We're actually recording in your studio right now. Those of you who follow the podcast know that I've been bouncing around a little bit lately because Jonah Jerkins, my uh I'm not even going to call him a producer anymore because he doesn't produce <laughs> shit, but he, he produced the first few episodes and was the guest on the first episode. Uh, this, our schedules have been a little bit, uh, we, we're just missing each other on some points. Yeah, right. You're both so busy. That's we're a good both thing. busy. That's no, a good thing. I, I need to get a more set time. To, I, I, luckily, I've kept true to the fans of the podcast, right. uh, the dozens of you, and, um, <laughs> and have had the podcast get dropped every Wednesday. I think I was a little late last week on it. I, like, I, I released late Wednesday night, but it's still, it's been out every Wednesday, like I said, and this one will be out probably late Tuesday night, really, but I probably won't promote it till Wednesday. I don't want to annoy people. And, but I've recorded it like at different days and times because of just a lot of life getting in the way, but I, I think that's okay. That's good. Yeah, right? no, that's a good thing. If you could do it the same time every single week, you got too much time in your in your week. Right, yeah. And now my dad, you're a dad. We'll get into that later. Right, yeah. We'll both get into new dad stuff later. Our kids are like five weeks apart, apart or something, yeah, so a month apart, right? Yeah, five weeks. All right. Yeah, because so, what? Mine, February 15th, yours March 23rd. 23rd. So, that, yeah, five weeks. Roughly. Yeah, roughly, whatever. And we're both not big proponents of this kid is 17 months and two weeks or no whatever way. the hell it is. Although I slipped up and said it last time I was around you. <laughs> and I think I only said it because I understand now a little bit why parents say what they do with that. Because, you know, before you had kids, you were like, why are you telling me the kid's 27 months? Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's one or two. <laughs> At the time, I someone asked me, oh, how old's your kid? And he had just turned one. So I think I said, uh, like, he's like, well, you're in three months. So I'm like, oh, he's about 13 months. Because sometimes when you say one, and if I showed a picture or something, they'd be like, oh, that's a small one-year-old. I'd be like, no, you're, he's just turned one, motherfucker. He's a big one-year-old. Yeah, well, a little over one. Yeah, you say a little over one, almost one two. And one and a half. Half's good. I get that. It's like measuring cups, right? You got your quarter, your half, your three quarters, your that's full. That's acceptable. Right. So like one, just past one, one and a half. Because there's a, they, almost two. Two. There, well, there's a big difference between a one-year-old who's almost two and a one-year-old who just turned one. Sure. Like, so, so that's why I think parents do that. And I only realized yeah, that in the moment. 14 months. 
15 months. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, it is. I, it's, I don't know. It's I, just, want, I mean, and I, then we Facebook it and we social I'm, I'm media. I'm pretty good about that. I, every I'll, month birthday. I, I haven't done that. I have not done the every <laughs> month birthday. Happy 17 thing. months, Timmy. My wife and I have taken pictures every month on the month birthday only because we got this picture frame thing that someone gave us with each one. You know what I mean? And But I haven't posted it. I haven't been like, here he is at four months, here he is at five months. I haven't posted that. I do post some pictures of me and my son because. He's a good-looking boy, and I'm a good-looking man, and sure. we take good pictures. So, yeah, right. what, am I like going to deny the yeah. world of that? Yeah, no, you can't do I that. I can't yeah. do that, right? Uh, There's we, no other reason to go to your Facebook page. That's it. That's the only <laughs> likes I get are from this kid. Right. And the dog. I can't. The dog and the kid are all I got on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, I don't post as much of my son's pictures, really. Yeah. If On the fan page, because it's linked to Instagram, I think it goes there. Anyway, this is stupid. But sure. Uh, I like drinking here because it reminds me of your when we first hung out, yeah. our first met back in 2008, 2009, I think. Yeah, 2008. 2008 or 2000. Wow. Uh, 10 years ago, my man. Uh, you maybe even up, seven. It might have been 2007. I don't think it was that early on. No, maybe. No, because I think I was a couple years into comedy. 2007, I still was, I can consider my first like full year of doing comedy. Um, shows you how far I've come doing my third podcast. October 2006 was the first time I ever did stand-up. And then 2007, I would have considered myself a full-time, but I was more of a showrunner yeah, than man. a comic. You've always been more of a but, producer. But I had Briskews in, in seven. Briskews Bistro was 907 for you. Yeah. No, nah, see, look, here's the thing. Man. Oh, maybe I've got a it was 08. Than you. Because we both, so Tony and I. Yeah, you're right. We it was 08. You and I were guys who crossed paths, yeah, and, but right. it didn't meet for a while. So when we finally met, I remember walking into the, the open mic you at this place called the Baked Tomato on Elston, <laughs> which isn't there anymore, is it? Or No. I didn't think but so. But the mosque is still there. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone on that racist street was just like, you see, there's a Muslim guy three doors down. What's going on there? Yeah. Because it's like we're the biggest mosque in the city of Chicago. Right. And, and the street was lined with cabs. Yeah. And there's honestly, though, this is a true story. There was always one random white van that was windowless. <laughs> I swear, my man, the FBI was surveilling you, that place. You were looking for it. I noticed it. <laughs> I noticed it for sure. I 100% noticed it. I think my dad dropped me off at that open mic once when my car wasn't working. Yeah. And, and said, be on the lookout. You'll see one. Because he had friends who worked in, um, there's a police station on Pulaski just up the street from there. Yeah. Um, Pulaski and like near Lawrence, basically, by the Admiral Theater. Which, by the way, if you're visiting Chicago, the Admiral Theater is a strip <laughs> club. All nude, no alcohol, though. Yeah. Because that's the rule. If you uh, serve alcohol in the city of Chicago, you got to keep those panties on. You're serving the, no alcohol. You could drop them. It's fine. That's, you need a sponsor you, you for that PSA, see, Joe. You can't drink a bush while looking at a bush yeah, or something. That's the rule. So uh, your studio is decorated like your the apartment that we partied at back in those days, which was above a bar mm. called Tommy's on Higgins in Chicago, which is a fun joint. Yeah. Underrated food. I feel like they always had uh, good burgers great, and chicken sandwiches great chicken and stuff. Sandwich. Yeah, uh, Cajun yeah. chicken sandwich. Yeah. Awesome. I got to go there sometime again, man. I like that place. And you got what I call the, uh, the Italian kid from Chicago starter kit. <laughs> Uh, you got the Godfather pictures framed, Goodfellas pictures framed. You got the Rat Pack pictures framed. You got uh, the poker. You know, always got to have an ace. Always got to have like a you know a royal flush hand. A pair uh, of balls beats everything. You got Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, bluffing. A pair of balls beats everything. That's the sign you got up there. No, I like it, man. And you said you got to get the Derek Jeter stuff up. And you're a huge Derek Jeter fan. Huge. Derek Jeter, uh, future Hall of Famer, of course. Absolutely. First ballot. Are you kidding me? And now the, not primary owner, but he's one of the, what is he, like like managing partner of the Miami Marlins now? um, So he's one of the owners, but he's kind of like the face of the Marlins now. Some people haven't been happy with the decisions they've made there. 
Uh, but do you? Yeah, but some people weren't happy with decisions Theo Epstein made back in Boston originally. Yeah, you know, people get over it. If they end up winning, if they end up winning, then he'll yeah. be right. That's Jesus, the thing. give the guy a chance. I agree with you there. That's the thing with baseball takes a couple anything. years. It takes a while. A Baseball's years. a longer rebuild sure. than other sports. Yeah. Because football, with the salary cap and in, in, in the draft, the draft is so impactful in football. You know what I mean? You have a good first-round pick. That guy's a stud right away. And, and the way free agency works there, you could have a one- to two-year rebuild. Right. Like the uh, Seahawks that one year, they drafted Russell Wilson, which was kind of a, a sleeper pick, really. And then they started Marshawn Lynch, same offseason, bam, right away. They're a playoff team. But, but the other problem you got Baseball in football, takes a while. the average football player's lifespan in football is three years. That's true, too. So that's you got to get there quick in football. You yeah. Can, you can lose your star tomorrow much easier in football than you are in baseball. Baseball, he's pulling a hammy. He's out for a couple of days. You know? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a longer season in baseball. Sure. But I wanted to bring up Derek Jeter because like Derek, like you and Derek Jeter share this thing where, although I forget this about you sometimes because you recently got married a couple years ago. Like we already mentioned you have a kid. <laughs> I was going to say like Derek Jeter, you had your fun. And then, uh, and you, know, you don't mind me saying your age. You're in your Go 40s. Ahead. Yeah, I'm 43. You're in your 44 this year. So you got married at 40 or 41? Something like that. 41? 42. Yeah. So you're like Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter was a bachelor just killing it coast to coast. And then after he retired, he said, all right, time to, time to settle down. Yeah. And I remember loving him for that. He was a great player, obviously. Respecting so of him for that. Well, I did because at the time there were so many players or so many famous people in general who have, a, you know, I'm not saying he's a target on his back like women are money hungry, all that, but... That they settle down and they immediately start cheating. And, you know, Bill Burr, uh, great comedian, has that joke where it's like, you can't imagine temptation at the, on that level. I think he talks about Tiger Woods where it's like, you know, he gets off the 18th green and there's a bus full of Scandinavian models who want to jump on his dick. Like, so whenever you had those talking head guys being like, could you believe these guys cheating on their wives? It's like, well, dude, you're fat and nobody wants to bang you. You have jowls. Like, this is a guy who's one of the best athletes in the world. So, but, so Derek Jeter, though, they would always interview him and say, when are you going to settle down? He, he would be like, I have no plans. Why would I? Right, but I also don't think they're looking at the root of the problem. The root of the problem isn't he's cheating on his wife. The root of the problem is somebody who's managing him and his money goes to him and says, look, uh, your Q factor, your popularity factor is this number. But if you got married and had 2.5 children, you'd be worth five times as much. So we're going to introduce you to a couple of women hopefully you match with one of them and they hook him up he has this fake family but he's still going out and doing his thing because he didn't want the marriage in the first place it was a sham but worth five times 50 million dollars yeah let's do it buddy that's my opinion i don't know if that's no a fact, you know I've, I've, but, uh, I've, that's my theory i don't know if that that does go down absolutely it totally dude. goes down because you don't cheat on somebody you're that in love with and having a family with so he's going through the motions of having this family and appearing to be acting you know happy in public and then just and he wasn't even sleeping with the most you know he, the tiger the guy, woods was he the was guy can get cocktail waitresses. he can get 11s and there's nothing wrong with cocktail waitresses. no there's not i don't know why i said it like that because, but i meant but, but there's usually a, i'm referencing one of my own bits there's um, usually a class thing there where if you're rich you kind of go after rich and you know people that are sure sure I, it's with all the famous athletes who are, are famous. just lost five cocktail waitress listeners. i didn't yeah, listen if you're thinking i'm dogging cocktail waitresses i'm not i used to be a, a, a waitress i bartended uh, i used to be a waitress and a hostess no i was never a hostess i was a, wait, I was a host. I, bar, I bartended and, and waited tables. my first job besides a paper route was a host at ihop at milwaukee and ballard i was 14 years old and boy, well, they, they, it was a host and I guess it was slave yeah. labor. They they brought me as a host. I bust tables. I cleaned. I did I did everything in that. 
that place. It Dude, was restaurants will always try to uh, rip people off. Uh, no, what I meant by that is I used to have a joke where I talked about Tiger Woods and how when that whole thing first went down, it's on my album, I think. Uh, so give it a listen, everybody. And the whole when that all went down, and everyone was like, I remember CNN had like a poll question: Will America forgive Tiger Woods? I'm like, Yeah, of course they will. They, so many athletes have done far worse. Michael Vick. They Michael Vick Michael did worse. Vick. Yeah, I talked. I, I referenced Michael Vick. I referenced Kobe Bryant. I referenced Ray Lewis. I referenced you know several other people, and they all were forgiven, and they all did way worse. And I said, What did Tiger Woods do? Bang twelve cocktail waitresses. Yeah. That's why I said cocktail waitresses. I didn't mean it like right. You no, know. no, no. I hear you. But time out. What 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 business is it? By any the way, of who the fuck First himself as a cocktail waitress anyway. Imagine meeting someone and they're like, I'm a cocktail waitress. No, they would say I'm a server. Yeah, if or you I work at a high end club, I think you might be considered right, a cocktail. Right, I see what you're going with. But what my but, but why is it any of our business to like forgive him for cheating? I, yeah, that's I know. between him and her. I agree. And I'll kill I agree. you know what Michael Vick did, that's something that's that, different because that that's a crime that gets it's a big it's that's right, but killing. cheating that's on your taken, wife. You know, yeah, I might not like you anymore. Fine, but I. Do we, yeah, do, I might do you need this public you redemption? You're not. You're not married to the public, dude. And if you had marital problems, that's between you and your wife. I don't give a shit. How do you treat your fans? How I agree. Do you treat We're too people? obsessed with people's personal lives, which yes. brings me to the well, one that's point. That's the magazines so you were, and all that. Well, shit. yeah, it's just to sell, you know, MTV and e, the e channel and all that yeah, other right. shit. Uh, yeah, it gets real annoying. It's that Kardashian culture we're all living in now, where you could be famous for doing nothing but being uh, dramatic. Really, right? right. I'm I'm sleeping with this dude. I'm I'm you know eating her out. I'm fucking doing. You know, it's like that's that's the and everyone like gives a shit. Where it's like, who are these people? Right. What did they do to be famous? I still don't know why the Kardashians are famous. It's a sex tape, right? Guess, yeah, it is. She got off a sex tape, and her dad was OJ's lawyer. Right. So that's how she got. She was so she was a rich kid. Who right. then learned how to parlay off? Because this her sex tape was after the Paris Hilton shit, I, right? I was just gonna say, are you talking about Paris Hilton? Because well, because Paris Hilton was the same story. Same she was story. just a rich girl who blew a guy who then put it out there. She was hot. You can't deny Paris Hilton had a tight bod. You know I what think I mean? she like, was, but I know a lot of people that don't. They think she was too skinny. I I don't know. I don't have a type, but I'm into. I was into what she was uh, throwing out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I liked her fastball. Uh, but I saw that sex tape because at the time I was like 17, 18. Right. She looked like she gave the worst head, just the worst. Yeah. Very unenthusiastic. Very much like, do I have to do that? She's no Pam Anderson. Pam Anderson's Canadian. Well, those are you nice remember givers. That video, right? I remember. Yeah, I saw that. Pam Anderson blowing Tommy Lee on the boat. Looked like. Uh, yeah, she looked like she knew. It was what she either was doing. Tommy Lee's dick or a baseball bat. One of them was going into. Her you know, you don't throat. expect that out of a drummer, right? <laughs> no. You know, it's usually the lead singer that's uh, swinging some pipe like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the but the the point I have more so, and it goes off what you're saying, where it's like these guys are single and they want to live that Playboy lifestyle, but they get an agent or a manager who's like PR, who's into money, their image money, and money. all that stuff. But some of these dudes, I feel like, might Tiger Woods thing because you were even saying was he wasn't even having. Sex with the hot women. He wasn't even cheating, and his wife was a Swedish model, right? And he wasn't cheating on. He We've was all che- seen her naked photographs. Yes, right? she was cheating. I, I don't know if I've seen. She was she. Oh, they're naked? online. Yeah, she I was. Know a, that. She did some nude shoots, and I they didn't, found I, their way online, and oh, then spread oh. around all over the place. The, I have to Google that, I suppose. By the way, were they? I've been trying to be a better person. No, they're not doctored. Okay, these came out. No, yeah. I mean, did she did? Were they stolen from her phone? Oh, or? not at all. Oh, no. she was a model yeah, for it. Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm all good with that. Like Melania Trump's naked ones. She oh, yeah, I've those seen those a bunch of times. Anywhere. Yeah, those, yeah, you see those. Those are all over the place. Right. Yeah. But those aren't like hacked. Those were, she she posed for them like. Oh, uh, you knew as soon as you, anyone's ever seen any. They're Mary, they're, those are Russian order brides, two of, his, two of his three wives. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. 
that's another thing that's funny about where it's like the people who are so in love with that dude um, and I'm, we're not going to get into politics I don't really give a shit I think I, and not that I don't have strong opinions on it I do and I'm it's sure just, you do nobody too nobody wants it's to hear boring it. yeah. it's become boring because everyone does it you get it everywhere you know what I mean? and so I don't like boring and so I'm over that but what is funny though the times the, the number of things where people are like oh he's got nothing to do with Russia like, oh, real, just come don't be that naive nothing to do with it oh, okay sure uh, let's, that's not bullshit there though. Um, so <laughs> I'm not no, so talk about saying, politics, but I, but. well, I want, I want to get into just a little, I don't want it cause it's boring, but no, let's not, let's not, I'm not saying, I don't know whether or not there was, there's obviously so much evidence that guy, Rex Tillerson, who was the secretary of state left Exxon Mobil to be secretary of state, which is a huge pay cut. Can right. to tell you huge pay cut. And he recently left the Trump administration after being Secretary of State for like a year and a half. But there's pictures of him hugging Vladimir Putin from 2012. They're not doctored. He won a Russian Medal of Freedom Award for like the highest thing a non-Russian citizen could get. And because Exxon Mobil, our oil company with Russia, there's ties there. And all these people, just follow the fucking money, dummies, you know? Right. But how come, so everybody's got a big problem now that Trump is in bed with Russia. But why has nobody had a problem that every administration before him has been in bed with Saudi Arabia? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I agree with you there. Saudi Arabia, just the way they treat women alone in that country. They're an awful country. Those 23 or 28 redacted pages from the 9-11 NIST report that, you know, like everybody was hiding. Out came there that guess who paid for 9 11? Yeah. 15 of the 19 hijackers were born in Saudi Arabia. The but, other four were from Syria. And Russia, yet we went after Afghanistan Russia. and Iraq. We're, yeah. Yeah. Because we weren't, we weren't oh. ever going to bomb Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia has so much economic, you know what I mean? There's yeah, so much economic interest sure. in the United States. Yeah. So, dude, we could do I, another like podcast yeah, about all this other like. Uh, fine. But the last time I checked, too. Russia hadn't done, you know, any explosing. Uh, <laughs> you got me drinking, Joe. I uh, know. <laughs> we, we're going to talk about you drinking again, too. But, but, I, think, I think I got you but, uh, uh, back in trouble. It looks like whether you believe in 9-11 or not, the story that they've told us is that these people flew planes into our buildings and Saudi Arabia paid for it. But oh, Russia, like Russia didn't do that to us. Saudis did that to us. Yeah, that's been a fact that's come out in the report by our own government. No, yeah, that's our definitely a fact. There's a French element of, of Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia is never on the uh, list of like no, on, those, on the cares, list of banned man? countries that good. Trump had back then. Saudi Arabia was never on that, even though that's where all the terrorists are from. Right. So and all... they fund it more than ever. It's it is a whole bullshit thing and it really started in the 80s when we started funding both sides of wars in the middle east iraq and iran were going sure. at each other and we were like hey you want some weapons we'll sell you something we'll sell this guy this will sell and then that's when you get into bed with evil people it's going to come and bite and bite you in the ass and there's a good statistic you can look this one up online it's like how many elections has the u.s rigged and how many oh elect- yeah we've, we've we've been doing it since the, that's what the ca was created for absolutely yeah so we've rigged plenty of elections so if somebody did it to us like uh well they're just playing our game that's yeah all. yeah one day we're gonna realize we're the bullies on this in this place you know what i well, mean that's true i mean this is the last thing i'll say that you'll probably agree with um <laughs> for the rest of the I episode do, you no mean? this no the last thing i'll say about anything political before i go back to uh tiger woods yeah. sex habits yeah you, um, you're just talking about swinging dicks and now we're talking about politics uh, they go hand in hand in a lot of ways don't they <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah is that I do think America, the idea of America is the greatest idea, the idea of it, the idea of this melting pot of, all, of co- bringing the best of all cultures together. The marketing campaign and the of it. the freedom of it. Yes. Right. The sales the, pitch. But, well, of the it. idea of it. Sure. The execution has not been there. No. And, and it's failed a lot of people. Right. Um, I think the, pe- I like the people. Um, I, most for, of them. Most of them. 
most. I agree. There's there's some systems in place that make good people act terrible. But like 90- uh, there's a there's a cruelty element to things. There's a. Uh, we're a Christian nation, but go fuck yourself. Yeah. Which also, there's a hypocrisy, right? Sure. There's an inconsistency that I can't stand. Right. Um, I'll say that. But you talked about the marketing ploy. Before you learn two plus two, you learn the Pledge of Allegiance. Right so, on. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so you, we get to a point where we're, we're trained not to question anything. Uh, we'll get to, because you want to talk about some school stuff in regards to parenting. We'll get to that later. I want to get yeah, to that later. Yeah, sure. I'm not, I was just going to comment on what you said about, like, w- the hypocrisy. Like, we'll pull over and help a lost dog on the side of the street, but how many times have you exited the Kennedy and, like, roll up your window and look the other way at the poor kid who's trying to get a couple bucks? Sure, yeah. Like, that's just the uh, same lost... I like lost dogs better, though, so right, you can't help me. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, but I know But it's the same lost it's, animal. You're right. You're right. You know I know I mean? people who... But there's people looking for the other lost animal. Nobody's looking know. for this lost animal, but we all ignore it. Even myself included. I, I look at them, I nod my head, I say, good luck, man. Like, that's it. I at least say hi. I, you know, every now and then I'll throw a buck. I'll throw money. a buck every now and then. I, th- what, what I threw a five you're enabling, recently. You're enabling Joe. You know what? No, I, saw, I, I might be, but I threw a five a few weeks back, and then I tweeted about how there weren't enough people around, and I feel like I didn't get enough credit for being a great guy. <laughs> no, I'll throw the guy a buck for totally like selfish the reasons. tip episode in Seinfeld. Uh, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. tip the blind, you know? You yeah. want, or not Bills, at least, what George said. He's no, like, yeah, no it was blind, George. He, he put it in, and the guy didn't see it. Yeah, he didn't it see it, in, it but so then he, Jerry said to him, oh, you feel you didn't get credit? He goes, yeah. And he's like, so you don't make a habit of tipping the blind? And then George paused. He goes, well, not bills. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'll throw some coins in because I want to know, hey, Georgie boy, so what's up? Um, I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, George Costanza never said Georgie boy says what's up. He's called himself Georgie boy, though. But with uh, helping people on the side of the road, I've given a buck because I thought to myself, you know what? I just paid a buck to feel really good about myself, and I'm all right with that. I forget <laughs> Same the, thing as buying a drink. Forget the homeless guy on the side of the road. What about the guy with the flat tire on the side of the road? That's the same as the um, lost dog, but we're afraid. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not that skilled with that kind of thing. No, huh? No. I've had, what about I, giving him a ride to the gas station? A good friend of mine, Marty DeRosa, who you know, great comedian. I'm going to have him on soon. He actually I just, saw just had his WrestleMania. Dude, he lived the, the dream yes. life at WrestleMania. So, and I, so I want awesome, to. I'm going to try it out either next week or the week after that. I talked to him before the week before. Before he was going to go down to New Orleans for WrestleMania, and I'm going to have him and hopefully his uh, girlfriend and partner in crime because they have a great podcast together on the podcast to talk about their weekend. But Marty once I I know how to change the flat tire. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not skilled with some of the stuff. Where I remember being like, "What the fuck, man? I can't." I got the shittiest jack, and I was just in one of those moods. And Marty just happened to go past me in his car, <laughs> pulled over, and was going through a whole thing. So the whole time he's bitching about something and changed the tire so quickly. And I remember just being like, this is a good dude right here. I could never <laughs> do that. So I'll help people. Maybe I'll just give someone a ride to a gas station. I once drove by. This is going to sound like I was being a scumbag. But I remember being like, I don't know how old I was, maybe 18 or something. Right. And I was walking. I didn't drive yet. I was walking home from a friend's house. Maybe I was young, 16, 17. And these girls, uh, they couldn't get the car out of the snow. So I helped shovel out their spot. Yeah. And it only makes me, because I said girls, I know where you're going to go, oh, because they're women you help. Yeah, but if they're men. Of 16. No, they're women. I, they were, if there were three dudes you'd have helped? If there were three dudes, I would not have helped them. Right on. No, because fuck you. You're three <laughs> dudes. Why can't you? Maybe that's sexist to me in that regard to think. But at the time, to I remember being 16. I was 16. I was 15 or 16, and they lived like a block or two away, and they were they were a little older than me. They were probably seniors, and I was a sophomore, maybe a freshman. So, yeah, of course I thought good guy points. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, and, and it looked like they needed an extra uh, push. Now, if these dudes were three dudes and they looked like they were really struggling to push it out, I would have helped them. Sure. I totally would have helped. All right. Shoveling? No. I won't shovel for a man. <laughs> I'll give you a push. I'll grab the, I'll, I'll throw my weight into the back of your bumper, but I'm not, I'm not digging you out. Yeah. Sorry. 
not doing it. Uh, my last point before we switch topics, uh, the Tiger Woods thing is that you mentioned that he was having sex with women who were way below. Like sixes, I think. Yeah, sixes, and his wife's ten. Right. So, and the whole thing was a sex addiction. you believe sex addiction's a thing? Yeah, I believe any addiction is a thing. Okay, I do too. A lot of people at that time thought... The problem with sex addiction is whenever you find someone find out someone is a sex addict, it's always after they got caught cheating. Yeah, right. So it always looks like a cop out. So I'm like, we need to find a dude who's like, I'm a sex addict, and it's like, oh, have you been cheating on your wife? No, I just bang her all the time, and she does. It's it's really every she bends down to vacuum, and I'm banging her, and we get nothing done around the house. It's right. just constant banging, and it's consensual, but it's just constant, and it, like that needs to happen for sex because everyone hears about. You know Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or Tiger Woods or whoever, and it's like you're just saying that so that we forgive you for being a scumbag, right? But doesn't it make sense? Sex is like the greatest thing in the world. Why wouldn't you be addicted to that? Right? People are addicted to food. Why wouldn't you be addicted to sex? That right. release, that the whole but, the whole but, idea behind it. But you I know? don't I don't think it's sex that he was addicted to because if it is just sex, then he could have. Done that with his wife. He might not have been getting it from her, though, after a few kids. You know, people get tired. Sure, but maybe it's the game. Maybe he might be the hunt. Right, that's what I'm saying. A lot game. of competitive guys, because a lot of athletes, but a lot of absolutely, actors. Absolutely, It's dude. the attention, it's the high, you're chasing the high. That's why a lot it's of people who high. were in spotlights. I remember when I got good at comedy. Um, I thought you were going to say when I got good at picking up girls. No, no, I was never good at that. Uh, when I first started doing stand-up, I, I remember telling my now wife, like, Cause she's like, when is the show in? I'm like, oh, the show gonna be like ten, ten thirty. When are you gonna be home? Like, so you get home like eleven? I'm like, no, I'm I gotta go back to the no, office. I gotta, I gotta hang out and bask in the glory. I can't. You can't just. You can't go on stage and and dominate the way I do. <laughs> you can't go on stage and have a. Yeah, this is not anybody. You can't go on stage and entertain people, entertain strangers, have them laughing their asses off, enjoying everything you're saying. Go home and then put your head on a pillow. You can't. And there's been times where I've had to because I've got stuff to do the next day, and I never get good sleep that night because you're buzzing, you know? And that's why rock stars and actors and, and people who are in the spotlight, politicians, anyone who's famous, you always hear about secretly, oh, they had an addiction to this or the, some terrible thing where it's like, why did they throw it all away? Why did they? Because they're chasing that high. That's why these guys get DUIs, and we're all just like, you idiot, take an Uber. You have all the hire a right. driver. Hire they a like driver. the rush. I'm not condoning it. I think it's terrible. No, right. I think it's terrible across the board. And, and since I'm aware of that, I'm taking more measures into uh, not being that dude. I, I need to learn to walk away or I've learned to find, you know, being married and having a kid and having a son. And when my wife works her 12 hour shifts as a nurse, I, it's me and the baby all day long. I can't be hang, hung over for that. That's bad for, but it's not fair to him. Because I'm being a bad dad, and, and you're going to be and I'm gonna be miserable too. I don't want. I want to be. I want to have energy. I want to play with the kid. He's fun, you know. And so, I've learned to be able to say, "Hey, thanks for coming to the show. Appreciate it." You know, shake their hands if they're having a good time. Say what's up to the comics, and just kind of disappear. And I've learned to channel like, how do I keep that going into different things? I still can't get to sleep right away afterwards. It's like that bartender. But, you, know, you know, I dated a bartender before, and. No matter what night of the week it was, when they get home from work, it's like they got to have a glass of wine, watch some TV, kick their feet. Like they cannot go right to bed. It's the hours we work in those professions. The hours, that's why a lot of comedians I know date bartenders um, or they're really good friends with bartenders. Um, Speaking of bartenders, can I? Oh, yeah, oh, man. Right there, I thought right they were on the, the other side. Right by yeah, Sorry man. about that. I'm, I got to crack open another one, too. Get your own um, beer. Well, because they were closer to you, dude. I thought they were on the other side. Yeah, I didn't see them down there. 
keep talking because I got to open this. Oh, Joe is <laughs> I don't want silent. Um, Jim, play by play, reaching down. Yeah, I got well, tall boys. What were we talking about? Uh, we were bouncing around from all sorts of <laughs> silly shit, though. Um, well, since we're on the topic of sports and the insanity that we never finished about Derek Jeter, did we? No, I did. I just mentioned how I thought that you like him. Uh, waited until you had your oh, fun, okay, and then you settled. Once you found the right girl, you didn't. Put, what I mean by that is. I'm not saying if you would have met your wife ten years ago, you probably still would have married her. Oh, actually, you wouldn't because the age difference. But uh. no, right? She would have been like eight. But yeah, no, I was an alcoholic. Fact. Well, not an alcoholic. So you're 43 like, and your wife's 29. Nine. It's nice. Yeah. Good job, man. Thanks, buddy. Doesn't make men scumbags that were always like high fiving each other for getting a younger girl. Well, what is but, that about? But wait, us? no, girls high five. I know older women who are wait great. Wait a second, girls high five the cougar who got the hot. You know what they do? You're absolutely right. You and go, they girl, also go the other way. I've known. It. I knew women in the early 20s who were like. I can't date a man in their twenties. I need a man in the thirties. No, didn't That's you? The same uh, shit. Did you wait? You've been to Colson's high school. Yeah, so I'm not the um, right. But like when I was a teenager, like I was going after older women. Like yeah, where when I was a uh, kid, I, same age. So when I was eight, 19, 19, I slept with a woman older than me right now. What was that like? It was amazing because <laughs> when it was done, she's like, "Have a, I swear she said this? Have a nice life." I was like, this is, that was awesome. Because girls funny. my age are like, are you going to call? Are you going to call? A, and I'm I like, no, a, I just wanted to have a... I we said a, this before. It was just going to be one time. Because those business women, you know? I don't know if she was in business. I just like to always assume every older woman's in business. She, you know what I mean? She's wearing a pantsuit, kicking up her heels on the desk. Yeah, no, it was at... You might be too young to remember this, but Club Fever, it was at in Schaumburg or whatever town, whatever town that is. Golf Road, Algonquin, right near there. I know. I think I know you're talking The about. place like, got busted for like... Uh, it, was like one of those, it was like an under-21 club. Or like you could be eighteen to get in, or seventeen and up, uh, or some shit. I think on certain nights. I remember hearing like those commercials on like B ninety six, which is a local radio station in Chicago. If you're listening across the world, <laughs> and you know those horrible commercials on the radio, those uh, advertisements where it's like, yeah. "Come to Club Fever, we're spinning this all night long, yes. seventeen plus." Yeah, that blah, was blah, it. Blah, blah. But but I think twenty one, you get a wristband, like, you can drink and flirt with high school girls. You really sound like a DJ that's, right that's now. That's how they all sound. But right? I think it was uh, only one night a week they did that. Oh, okay. Ship. A Friday and Saturday was for the adults, unless you had a fake ID like me at 19. So. When I was in grade school, Shabona Park would have dances. Oh, really? You but everybody get drunk every before Saturday. they went? No, I was in grade school. So we weren't getting drunk. We just went to dance. Dude, like the kids from... Like 12, we were, I was in 7th, 8th grade. Yeah, right. The kids from EP. Yeah. Like we had to kick a kid off our wrestling team when I, I coached Actually, I got drunk when I was in 7th grade. What am I talking right. about? Yeah. He came to practice wasted. Well, that's stupid. In, when he was in 7th grade. I think I, I had a friend who... Um, Here's a little grade school, little view into the grade school I went to, which is nothing wrong with. It was a Chicago public grade school. And a good friend of mine, I won't say his name, he, uh, his mother had him when she was 13. Okay. 13. Yeah, that's Conceived young. when she was 12. Wow. And I remember, because I, I started hanging out with him like 6th, 7th, 8th grade. I remember when he, his 13th birthday and his mom telling us this, because there was like four of us spending the night that night. And whenever I spent the night there... My parents knew half of what would his, his mom was 26 when we were 13. Wow. That's insane. And she didn't care that we drank. And he had like some scumbag dad that was just like, had the biggest beer guy you ever saw, just a, just a disgusting looking human being, and would buy us beer. And I remember they got, Jesus. and he got us King Cobra 40s because they were $1.50 yeah. and bought a bunch. And I remember getting like pretty hammered. You know, because it was a King Cobra 40, and I'm like, I weighed 100 pounds. Right. So of course I'm going to get smashed off of that. And uh, the, I had the curse. Here's what my curse with drinking was where I started drinking earlier and, and by high school was kind of a pro about it. Um, 
the the face and the name. People looked at me going, right. like, look at this Irish kid. Oh, he's he's Irish. Irish. He's going to love it. Yeah. You know? It's almost kind of bad. I remember my brother who's... I'm sure I could tell this on stage. He got caught drinking in high school. Everyone gets caught drinking in high school. It's not a big deal. But uh, <laughs> I remember um, my stepmom being upset about it. And then I jokingly responded to her. I'm like, you named him Sean Patrick Kilgallen. Yeah, Did right. you not think he was going to try a beer or two? Did you not think he was going to dabble? And the kid, uh, he, goes, he was graduated third in his class, is, uh, goes to the University of Illinois where he's you know, going to become a doctor. So he, it, it all worked out is what I'm trying to say. Um, but For, for him. <laughs> yeah, for other drunks, not so much. But... <laughs> For other Kilgallen alcoholics. No, what are you talking about, man? I'm, I'm, I was on Chicago <laughs> Med last week, I my know. friend. I know. Britt Brit made me watch Watch it. that uh, our acting. Fa- our favorite part was when you rolled your eyes in the back of your head. I thought that was the only <laughs> thing I did well. <laughs> no, it was great, Joe. But it's God. weird watching somebody you know act. Well, you know what's like, was weird for people? Weird. So those of you listening, you could go on. It's on Hulu now. There's a TV show. It's, on, it's an NBC. It's a national show. National. It's a, it's a Dick Wolf show. The guy who created Law and Orders and everything. Um, Joe said, I got stabbed. I said, stabbed. So stabbed. stabbed me over a game of pool. I can never repeat the line. The you know what's weird about that? People ask me. I had two lines. The other line got cut. He's, the other line was these pretzels were making me thirsty. That's why I joked. I actually took that right out of my mouth. I told someone that the other day. My cousin made the joke, too. These pretzels are making I, I said, well, you know what's weird? When I auditioned, I didn't say the line the way it was written. I ad-libbed, and I think maybe they liked that. But then when it was time for the shoot day, I just said it the way it was in the script because I didn't want someone to be like, that's not the line, you know? Yeah, yeah amateur. Get out of here, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm a comedian, so I think I had a lot of friends being like, it was weird seeing you not in – you weren't supposed to be funny, but when I see you, I associate you with humor. So right when you got rolled onto the scene, I'm like, ah, it's Joe. People yeah. just laughed. And I was thinking, and so, I, all right, I started making me think, were you laughing because it was bad? Was I my bad actor? <laughs> like, I had to audition for that. They, they auditioned a lot of people. I got the role. Um, so, yeah, but it was, it's on NBC's uh, defend Chicago yourself. Med. It's on every Tuesday, but you, you watch my episode. Um, I'm not defending it. Uh, I thought it was fine. I, I was more. That's all that matters. I kept Joe. saying to my wife when she was watching with me, I'm like, God damn, you know, it's every angle that looks like I. Because when they're reeling me in, it looks like I keep looking at the wound, which they were telling me, they, you know, that's part of what they wanted me to do. They didn't give me a whole lot of direction, which I thought was a good sign, actually. Never once did they say, say it like this, which was nice. Because that one scene, going from there where they're rolling the card in real fast, they do different, they set up the camera so many different times, so it takes a while. Anyhow, I talked about this a little bit on, the, on last week's podcast, so I don't really want to get too into it. But anyway, it's on Hulu. It's on NBC.com. Chicago Med's the show. Uh, you'll see me on episode 14. It's called Lock It Down. Anyway, though, uh, going back to uh, relaying off of Tiger Woods and the, the mindset of an athlete. That Well, I was going to say this. JFK married Jackie O. She was like way younger than him. When they got married, she was like 27, and he was like 40. When he got elected president, he was 43. She was, 30, she was a 31-year-old first lady, the youngest first lady ever. And they, I read one, a biography about uh, John F. Kennedy, and it said that people were saying, you're 37 and you're still not married. They're going to think you're gay. So you need to get married just to help your political career. He never really wanted to get married. But then they, they, there was times where they said they ended up really did falling in love, and they got close together through a, a couple of miscarriages or whatever. Um, so anyway, though, it's funny that you mentioned that these PR people are like, well, you could be worth this much. And even the movie The Departed talks about, it's like, you got to get married to get ahead. So that's why Matt Damon's character is like, remember uh, right. Alec Baldwin says, how's, like your, how's your wedding coming more. along? Right. And he wasn't even engaged yet. And he's like, how's your wedding coming? That's just how he talked, like detective to detective. So uh, Conor McGregor, uh, the most famous, he's, he is the UFC in a lot of ways. He's by far their biggest star. He's one of the biggest athletes on the planet. 
The guy uh, famously got $100 million off the fight with Mayweather, which was still amazing that he made that happen. Right. He started floating that idea in 2015 because he knew the money possibilities. And I remember when the Mayweather-McGregor fight got announced, people were like, this is insane. He's never boxed. This is his first professional boxing match, and it's against Mayweather, who's one of the greatest technicians and one of the best boxers in history. This is insane. Like, this is stupid. This is a sideshow. This is all this. And, and those he did are, better than anybody thought he would. They did better than anyone thought he would. And then there's some people who try to say, well, Mayweather carried him and blah, blah, blah. blah. It lasted 10 rounds because that's when Mayweather could take him down. Uh, Mayweather has ne- is, does not have knockout power, never really did, and definitely doesn't at 40. And, and McGregor takes way bigger hits. So when people act like it went that long because Mayweather let it go that long, that's bullshit. That is bullshit. Mayweather was always in control in a sense, although the first few rounds I think he was probably trying to figure out his style because McGregor's very unorthodox. But it went 10 rounds because that's when he finally, all right, Mayweather, uh, McGregor's gassed. And Mayweather even said, he goes, I was going to let him overshoot his load. I, I knew he's never gone this deep into a fight before. He's used to. He had a strategy. Yeah, he had a strategy. He's like, that, that's the knock on Conor McGregor is he has terrible cardio. We saw that in the uh, the DS, both DS fights. Really, the second one, he owned Nate the first two rounds. In rounds three and four, he, he luckily got a second win. And, and I, I believe some people tried to argue because it was majority decision that Nate Diaz could have been the winner. No, McGregor won that one. He did. It was close. It was a, one of the best fights you'll ever see in your life. It was an amazing fight. But McGregor did win. Very close, though. But McGregor was the winner. Anyhow, though, he... Um, when, in regards to getting the Mayweather fight to happen, he started floating this in 2015 on Conan. Saying, and he literally said, would I like to dance around with him in the ring for $100 million? Sure, who wouldn't? And, and that's why when it, when it finally came to and, and they announced that this was happening, I'm like, later. he did. He so did. <laughs> because I told people, I go, he's already won. I go, the fight isn't happening yet. He's already won. And people are like, what do you mean? I go, he can't lose in this situation. Curating. Be, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Because his fans aren't going to not be his fans if he loses a boxing match. And it is a match. They already respected him for going Because it's a science to boxing, and there's all sorts of technicalities to it, versus a, a, a true fight, which is MMA, which is any style, which is like what you know, real fighting on the street would be. Um, because everyone knows, I go, this is where he wins. In a UFC fight, in MMA, McGregor would, dis- would kill. Dismantle dis- It wouldn't be fair. No, it wouldn't it, be it, fair. It wouldn't last 30 seconds. It would, it would, it would be like the a health risk. The only fair fight was to do. Was to do boxing. Right. You know, and, and that was all the shit talking going back and forth. My favorite line that McGregor said, he goes, let's do it then. Under a specific set of rules, just to keep you alive. Like that was such a badass. That was his way of saying, eh, I might lose this. Because even though I believe in myself more than anything, and I'm going to go in there to try to win, I know I'm in an uphill battle. But he won just by getting that fight. Because he doesn't lose face, you know? Um, the only person who could have lost was Mayweather. Because if Mayweather loses, it's the most embarrassing defeat in history. It destroys the sport of boxing when this novice who just started training four months ago, even though he did have a striking background, not to act like he was just yeah, picking it up. he did some up. amateur boxing. He did some amateur boxing before. Deal, and, yeah, he and did. Stri- he's a striker in the UFC. That's what he's known for. He's, he was one of the best counterpunchers is what he, he's really known for. He's amazing at hitting people while he's going backwards. Just, that's why he's such an incredible guy. Jordan anyway, though, so... Yeah, so what I like about McGregor, and this incident, I'm not condoning the incident that happened last week. Um, it happened Thursday, and UFC 223 was Saturday night. We're recording this on a Monday. You're hearing this on a Wednesday. And he went nuts. So what happened was his buddy, Artem Lobov, I think that's how you pronounce it, Lobov or whatever, a Russian fighter that uh, lives in Ireland, though, trains with McGregor. They've been with each other for a long time. They're really good friends. He's in the UFC as well. Got into it with... 
um, Khabib. I can't say his last name, so that's what it is. That was it. That was it, basically, right? <laughs> so they got into it. The reporters that Khabib slapped him. Um, and McGregor is so fiercely loyal. I've seen videos before this happened. I've seen videos where he talks about loyalty and how he just despises people who aren't loyal. Um, and he got on a plane. And, and some people were saying, no, he was going anyway. But Dana White huh. even said, he goes, I had no idea he was going to be there. He literally gets on a private jet with 20 dudes. Right. He packs up say, 20 of his We're going to go roll up on these guys. Too. Well, because uh, uh, Khabib had his team. So if, wasn't, if this was real, though. You think it's fake? All right. I'm not that, sure. That's what people are saying. They're saying it's WWE stage shit to sell pay-per-view. But uh, the dude's got court dates now, and he's going to get sued. Sure. Like, and the charges are going to get dropped. And in this day and age, when baseball players are shooting steroids and everybody else is shooting Everybody's got a gimmick. Now, does that make me believe it's fake? No, but it makes me question its sincerity, and I kind of stopped watching all of it at this point. I don't know if they're cheating anymore or not. I don't know if they're bullshitting us anymore or not. I just don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like I kind of stopped watching sports as dedicated as I used to. I'll still watch uh, well, baseball's kind of fixed the problem. Guys aren't really getting away with it more, and that's why you're not seeing. But how do you know that's there's why you're not, not already seeing a new dudes drug? Like, because there's always a new drug that they don't know about and is not you being Huey detected. Huey Lewis? A new, you want a new drug? I saw Huey Lewis at Wrigley last summer. Phenomenal concert. I was a Huey Lewis Huey fan Lewis. when I was a little kid. And Absolutely. the news. Love Huey Lewis, man. And the news. Absolutely. Uh, now, I hear what you're saying there. The, the, yeah, the, definitely there's, in, there's integrity problems with everything. It does crack me up. Again, I'm not. what he did was insane, and I wish it didn't happen. But it does bother me when people start saying stuff like... Do you think he's that dumb? Sorry, go on. I just interrupted. Yeah, I apologize. Maybe. Here's, a th- here's one theory that I could go along with. My boy Tim Garcia, if you're listening, because he thinks it's staged. Uh, I think maybe there, maybe there's some truth to it being staged. I think if it was staged, it didn't go according to plan. Because when he threw the shit, the bus, he probably People thought, really he hurt. probably thought, I'm gonna, yes. So he probably thought, all right, I'm gonna throw this here. But he, I, I bet he was thinking bus windows are stronger than that. But he threw a dolly, a hand truck, whatever you want to call it. You know, those are big things. Those got some weight behind it. And he's a strong dude. He threw that thing like it was nothing. It crashed into the window, cut up a couple fighters who both had to get taken off the car. Three fights got canceled because of that whole incident. It was, it was, it was madness how it all went down. All right, but now let, let's put you on the bus, Joe. You're sitting, right, I'm on the bus. You're sitting on the seat near the window, and you're seeing what's going on. And you see this guy pick up a guard, whatever you call it, a fence. Yeah, and he starts coming at you, and he well, throws it. He never got it. the guardrail. He got the the hand, you know, the thing that glyphs a fridge. Oh, the uh, dolly, the dolly, the yeah. hand dolly. So yeah. you see him pick up a dolly, running at the bus, and launch it. What do you do? I duck. You turn away from it. Well, the everybody one everybody was cut on their face. So you mean to tell me these people stayed staring at the dolly coming at their face? Well, that, the one dude. Um, I mean, look at I know what, nothing uh, about this. I don't want to act like an, Borg, an authority. Was but, he? His I. It was. It was his eye video. got cut because of uh, the way the glass shattered. They said they said it just went right, so quickly. It, he it happened so away. quickly, though, dude. Something like that where you're just like, look at this guy running around. Yeah, you react. Where they're, I think they were taking their phones out to film. Rose, uh, yeah. I can't say her name. Uh, Ju- I, you no, nailed I gotta start it. You naming, nailed it, Joe. I gotta start remembering names. I did this on my baseball podcast. If you guys are baseball fans listening to Killgowns Pub, I have a comedian's uh, talking baseball, which comes out every Sunday with comedian Mike Bryanstein. Uh, we're into week two. But I can't say Shoni Othani. Uh, who's the new Japanese like Babe Ruth type star? Because he could pitch and hit home runs. Nor do you even make an effort. <laughs> I can't. I know, but I gotta start making an effort though. I want to start taking myself seriously as a podcaster. Sure. And I like Rose. Thug Rose is her nickname. I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, I, I I first saw her on the November pay per view at Madison Square Garden and was like, I like her style. I like her attitude. She's there's a lot to like. She said that when 
she first saw it, she just she first saw the thing go in the air. She just ducked down and stayed. She stayed crouched down the whole time because she didn't know what was going on. Because it, it literally, dude, it was an insane thing that happened. I saw the video. And and yeah, you can't stick up for McGregor, but it's so funny to me, everyone. Because this is because you know me as a guy with a bad temper. Anyone who knows me knows I have a, I have a really bad temper, and I struggle to tr- control it. I want to control it. I'm getting a lot better. The older you get, the better you. The better you get. But getting, I'd like to yeah. think it's because I'm actually working on it too. I am. I am. Good. You, you got to work on it. I, I don't get. I don't get people who don't work on themselves. Uh, I'm, I'm not. You could love everything about yourself, but still, why wouldn't you try to improve yourself every day? Nobody's why wouldn't perfect. you try to? We all got yeah. Why, but flaws. even if even if you're like I'm awesome, why wouldn't you still be like all right, cool? If you're awesome, be be more awesome. Yeah, go learn yeah. a new language. Go pick up an instrument. Do do something. You know. Um, so I I'm trying. I've been always. So I've always struggled with it, but I've, I have gotten better. Maybe that's age. Maybe that's learning patience through being a father now, whatnot. I see when when I see someone lose their shit, I get it. I so get it. Heat of the moment, you're like, fuck this guy. I, I, you know, I come from a super loyal group of friends. Anyone who went to um, my high school, St. Pat's in Chicago, uh, and I'm sure you're, you went to Notre Dame. I'm sure you guys had the same thing, too. It's like a Catholic school, all guys thing. You just create we, this we bond of loyalty. Guys. Oh, yeah, we'd fight other schools all the time. Yeah, sure. And w- after the football game. After any sporting event, <laughs> yeah. really. But all of my friends, uh, who these dudes are, even the dudes I haven't seen, like I mentioned you, I'm like, oh, we sometimes we'll go months without seeing each other, but when we hang out, we it's like we hadn't We're gone busy. months. Yeah, but I'm not even bringing that up. I'm saying yeah, that it doesn't we don't miss a beat. No, yeah. it's exactly. We don't miss a beat. Where some people, you got to like, oh, well, how's this? No, we just go, right, we're right back into it, right. you know? And the same with those dudes. Each one will lay down a traffic for the other one. That's why we like in that movie, The Town, when Ben Affleck says to, uh, uh, what's his name, Jeremy Rayner's character, he says, hey, we got to go, we got to take care of something. Uh, we're, it's going to get messy. We're, we're going to hurt some people. You can never ask me about it. You can never ask me why, and blah, blah, blah. And then he just looks at him and goes, we're taking my car or yours. Like, all my friends, I remember they just, they love that scene. Because right. it's like, we're all like, that's us. We're those dudes, you know? <laughs> yeah. We kind of have that shit going on. Which I, we are, and I like that. And, and McGregor's that guy, too. Uh, he's got that kind of loyalty. But when everyone's like, he must be on cocaine. Look, who would do that? I go, I would do that. I've lost my temper that badly. And I don't do, I've never done cocaine in my life. I've lost my temper that badly before. All right, Several I've, times. I've, multiple times. So for, I go, you just don't know Irish people is what I want to say to them. No, but wait a second. Cocaine. So, so Fuck I put, off. He's I, not a cocaine. I put you on the bus. Let me put you back in Ireland now. All right. So remember when you lost your ring that night? Yeah. I lo- have you ever told p- this story on this but, podcast? But, Maybe not. But you remember how pissed off you were? Yeah. That, that's what I lost my wedding about. ring in a street brawl. But that's what you're talking about. That Five months enraged. into the marriage. How, yeah. how enraged you were. So now you're back in Ireland, and this thing pisses you off, and you get enraged. And then you pack your bags, you call up all your buddies, <laughs> it's, it's you book a, a five-hour flight, five-and-a-half-hour flight, I think. No, it's like eight-and-a-half hours from Ireland to New York. No, it's, I've, I've, I've been to Ireland, man. I know how long the flight is. It's more than five from Chicago I to, to United Airlines. Dude, from Chicago, to, from Chicago to Dublin, kid. I had a direct flight. From Chicago to Dublin, it was seven-and-a-half hours. So oh, I gotta maybe imagine that's it's my number. Maybe right. it's, it's six and a half to New York. Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About okay. six hours. Maybe. But still, you get on a private jet. You know what the problem was? And where with did that? he fly? Vegas. Oh, you no, know, he went from. I went from Dublin 
to uh, LaGuardia, I think. Sure, but this and you're right though. You think by then he would have calmed down. Problem is, he, he's a different animal. Sure, he's a fighter because who knows he, how to get himself any, back up. So he did it intentionally. So the original spark. We wanted that to send a message. Off, I think. Yeah, this, the original right, spark right, that yeah. pissed him off was worn off by the time he got there. He had to reinvigorate him. So he had to get himself jacked up like he's going into the ring. Yeah. Just to pull this stunt, whether it was a stunt. Because yeah, you got to imagine I slept off. on the flight, or maybe they were doing lines on the flight. I don't know. <laughs> because that maybe that's what I think of now. If someone's argument is that McGregor and all those dudes were coked up, uh, I get I get it. If your argument is because, dude, they took a, a private jet over. You think they were still amped up? Going, we're gonna fuck these dudes up, you know? Yeah. Because you're I, you, you you know that's a 15 minute car ride. You you keep that energy going. Yeah. We're gonna meet these dudes at the park and, right. and have a, have a throwdown. Like Taco Bell. Yeah. Right. Or the <laughs> yeah the Wendy's on Harlem. And I get that, but you're right. Over the course of a flight, there there had to be one of the 20 dudes going. Hey lads, like uh, you're worth a hundred million. Uh, you fucking thinking maybe we should be doing this now? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even fucking like Artem that much. Maybe he's got a fucking point. I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, you think it'd be something along those lines where they would have chilled out? You know, after hour four, you'd have been like, "All right, someone put a movie on." Like you know what I mean? the like, whole flight, the like, whole ah! flight, where they were just jacking each other up, going, yeah. you know, just singing fucking Irish songs. You know what I mean? Just like. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm doing like the stereotypical Irish. I know Irish yeah. songs. Why didn't I just choose like, you know, fucking Rocky Road to Dublin or uh, Fields of Athenry or a fun tune like that? Uh, Fields of Athenry is depressing. Why would you sing that on the way to a, a fight? Um, but I could see them being all like, oh, the green and red of mayo, getting all yeah. fucking jacked up, getting ready to go. But for five hours. But then for that long, hours. yeah, you're right. And then getting out and of the, the plane ride. and customs. <laughs> There's still customs for private jets. Right. And, yeah, the, you know, fucking taking uh, the, the tr uh, vans over where the hell they were in. They were in SUVs. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but he probably had to repump himself up. But if your if your argument is they must have been doing coke on the on the plane, just I to didn't keep say that. I'm not saying you, but if I, you're a listener and that. your thought processes, because I was getting into it with people on Twitter going, he wasn't on cocaine. You just never met an Irish person, okay? We all, so many of us have bad tempers. It's one of those stereotypes that, yeah, it's, there's some truth to it. You know what I mean? There, there's some some stereotypes get that because for a reason, you know, and because I lost, dude, two year two summers ago, this past summer. Or the summer before. It might have been last summer. Because the last summer I played the first two months because I came back in May. So I played a whole month. I played in a co-ed fast pitch base because co-ed. Uh, I always have to, because whenever I say co-ed league, they go softball. No, you're being sexist. It was co-ed fast pitch baseball and I loved it. And um, uh, the women were just as competitive as the men, which was great to see. You know what I mean? People were getting into it. It was tense. And I, had, I struck out and literally took my helmet off, threw it over the big fence into the parking lot. And then had to like, and then I think I threw a bunch of bats and I lost my shit and everyone's like, calm down. I'm like, fuck you. And I was just going nuts, right? They couldn't calm me down. I was losing it. And not one of my teammates were like, were you doing lines before the game? How right. much blow did you do right. before the first pitch? Like, but, no, they just, they were, they were like, yeah, you got a bad temper. Where all these people on the internet, I think people on the internet just don't get like, everyone's like, Conor McGregor, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm like, no, he lost his temper. Yeah, yeah. it was stupid. I'm not condoning it. It was terrible. He had a bad day. And then they're like, well, how, what kind of role model is he? He's got a son. Hmm. Like, everyone who has a dad knows their dad's lost a shit at one point or another. Doesn't change their respect level for their son. His kid's one. You think, like, you think his kid years from now is going to look back on, well, I'm really embarrassed about me dad doing that. You know what I mean? I don't know why I made, him, I made the kid English just then. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just such a stupid. I agree. Thing, right? It's I so agree. Dumb. But what I'm saying is if you had to take a six hour plane ride from the batter's box to your dugout, you ain't throwing one bat. 
You're right. By then, I would have chilled out. I definitely <laughs> right. would have chilled out by then. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that, that's the part of it I really... At first, people were saying... Some guy tweeted, find yourself a friend as loyal as Conor McGregor. He, he, he heard his buddy was in trouble, got on a fucking flight, and came to have his back. Find yourself a friend that loyal. Right. And I thought, yeah, yeah. But now when you break it down, it's like, how insane was it that not one of the 20? Because I always <laughs> joked about Patrick Kane, the star player for the Chicago Blackhawks, um, for you hockey fans out there. He would get into a lot of trouble early in his career. Cat and I remember driver. seeing yeah, that whole incident and some stuff, um, you know, just drinking on the streets. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't I don't pull away burps by the way on this podcast. That one smelled though. I'm sorry. If you if you get a whiff, I apologize, I didn't man. Get it. And he I always said that the people were in his posse, because here's what happens. When you become super rich, it's like the, it is kind of like entourage. You bring along some people with you for the ride. He was a twenty two year old kid making seven, eight million dollars a year, Stanley Cup champion, one of the best players in the league, and was constantly getting in trouble because he had a bad posse. There needs to be one guy in your posse that when someone takes starts to take out their cell phone cam, they knock it the fuck out of there, and then they pull you out of the situation. That's your role. You're you're my turtle. You're the driver. You're the chef. You're you're good looking, so you help me get ass. Right. You you know we all you, we all wrangle each other. We got our roles. You go out and get booze. You get the you know we all you you get the drugs. You know we all have our thing. <laughs> your role is to make sure I don't get arrested. Right. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to get the equivalent of a hundred grand a year lifestyle. Yeah. Keep me out of trouble. Keep me off the, out of the papers, yep. except for the stat sheet. That's it. So Conor McGregor, I don't know. His dudes, is, maybe they're all crazy like him, probably. Right. But Or a stage. But he's got, he had that thing he had to run in with Bellator, which is a, like UFC's second competitor. You know what I mean? Um, UFC's the premier. Bellator would probably be number two for mixed martial arts, so I, uh, you know, combat sports. And he, one of his good friends... Uh, had a match and he jumped into the thing there and like wearing a suit like to be like yeah you won like all this and then almost got into it with the ref because the ref's like get the fuck out of here and it was a whole melee there and he got in trouble there and then there's this story of the Irish Mafia in Ireland had like a hit on him because someone that he's really good friends with got beat up by someone in the Irish Mafia so Connor showed up to the pub that they hang out and beat the shit out of two guys at the same time Two guys who were like high-ranked dudes in the Irish Mafia. But he didn't care. And then said, come and get me. And he had to go to court for that in Ireland. And when he came out of the courtroom, he literally like was smiling as he sped off in his Lamborghini at 900. He is kind of get launched himself to the status of being untouchable. And I don't know if that's a healthy way to be. I don't know. You know, I mean, that's why I kind of look at these dudes who are ultra-famous. Like when you're talking about how Jeter, I have so much respect for Jeter because he played it smart. You know, you never heard about off-field stuff with him other than, oh, he's banging a new model. One time, yeah, he's banging one of but the it was top all like, 10 hottest women in the world. But, but, but it, was, it was a new chick each week, but he was always like, I'm single. What right. of it? What of it? I'm not hurting anyone. They know what they're getting into. Well, I read his uh, biography. One time he got into trouble at the bar. Well, he didn't get into trouble, but he was out with, like, David Justice at a New York bar. A gun came out. And that night he was like, I am done with this scene. And he, cause he wanted to, he yeah. purposely wanted to stay out of trouble. So when he was younger, he was playing the, I'm going to go hang out. I'm going to have fun. I'm gonna, but that one night changed it all for him. That's a smart man right there. Absolutely, dude. And he stayed committed to the same team his whole life. You don't see that anymore. People follow the money. He was a committed, whether you like the Yankees or hate the Yankees. So he had Yankees. his form of loyalty there. You know, I think he's the, 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 to, the, to the city of New York and to the, the Yankees. and Best baseball player of our generation. 
Like, because today's baseball is a business. It's not like they weren't making billions of dollars 50 years ago. So that guy, you talk about five-tool players, let's talk about a six-tool player, and the six tools off the field. What does he do to represent your business in a positive way? And nobody is as great as Jeter on the field. No, nope, there was no better ambassador. Off the field. That's true. Yes. There's no better ambassador there. That's I could the argue about the uh, best player of our generation. That's but, another thing, though. But if but you're including if you're the cl- six-tool. All right, all right, that I will give you. Um, I want to switch because we, we – I want to keep this podcast shorter, and I know you've got some people coming. Uh, you've got 15, 20 space. minutes. All right, good, good, good. Because I want to ask you this. So Tony, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, is a, a majority owner yeah. of the Whip Comedy Theater in uh, Chicago, in the Edison Park neighborhood in Chicago, which is the far corner of the city. Cool, uh, cool area, real family area, but it's got a nice little nightlife scene too, a strip of great restaurants and bars. And um, the Whip, unfortunately, hasn't been open since October. Yes. Can you, can you tell us? Uh... Yeah, there was a horrible fire that devastated the whole place. Uh, it took four months for the investigation. It was the ice machine that caused the fire, so it was not on us. Like there were some ramblings from fucking people. Those <laughs> really from comedians being assholes. There's always someone like, uh, said oh, something. Greek fire, Greek, Greek fire, Greek yeah. Lightning, little Greek lightning. It's people like no. People being like, I oh, cash on that insurance money, huh, yeah, Tony? I, I was I, underinsured. We had ten grand in fire insurance. So yeah, so yeah. Oh, okay. I told people that because I was. So yeah, we, I was we helping burn the place down to get ten grand in fire insurance. I kind of came on as a consultant when I moved back to kind of like help, uh, right you know, now. push uh, the theater in, in a good direction and right. it was we were starting to get some we good momentum you know yeah um things were definitely picking up you know because summer's tough everywhere in the city of chicago and the fall was looking good because remember i performed the night before and it was a good show and you burned the place down i man. literally did i burned that joint down man I tore the roof off of it and i couldn't believe it because i got texts from people like 9 45 in the morning going not from you going dude there's fire at the whip and then eventually I hit you up and you're just dude it's gone like everything is just torch it's so bad and and then that night i came in we you know we went through the debris and it was you know it smelled awful obviously and you had all these posters on the wall these cool stuff three stooges stuff the stage the curtains everything just lit up and totally devastating uh a big blow to the comedy scene in chicago because there were some great comics who were there was regular stage time for them um some new comics coming along who really cut their teeth in that room and obviously a blow to you. Um, yeah, I've been working you, on it for you, seven for, years. For seven since years. Me, for, like, since I've known you, that was big, that was your big thing. And it was your big thing to have it in this neighborhood. Yes. You, I call you the mayor of Edison Park because you have such a loyalty to this particular part of the city. Uh, and I remember back when like when you and I first started, we did a comedy festival here called the Edison Park Comedy Festival that seven, still runs seven, for seven, eight, eight years. And um, I remember just being like... Because you told me you wanted to open your own comedy club or comedy theater. You wanted like an all-encompassing and you're like, thing. In this fucking neighborhood? I just remember thinking like, why not? Because And I lived in this neighborhood for two years. My wife's from this neighborhood. Some people think I'm from here, but I'm not. I lived here. My Porridge wife, Park. I'm a Porridge Park kid all the way. And but you uh, lived in EP for two years, right? I lived here for two years, but I always I don't like people thinking I'm from here. Not that there's anything wrong with being from here, yeah, but I, I there, like where I'm a, from. There's and there's a, certain, a difference in, in the cultures of the two neighborhoods. There's so. a certain stigma if you're from here because a lot of... Kids that are from here have the stigma that, oh, their daddy's a cop. They get away with murder. Yes. So, yeah, people don't want that stigma. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I've got good friends from here. And again, like I said, my wife's. Uh, and their dads are cops and they're assholes. Uh, <laughs> not all of them. No. No, there's nothing wrong with this. Their dads are cops and you use their names to get out of trouble. That's yes. <laughs> that's why I'm not going to say anything bad about them. No, I've got good friends who are cops who are great people. It's not. A, this no, is not me too. We're both. Me too. There are, we're joking. 
I think 90% of cops are great. 10% suck dick. That's every that's business. Every percent, that's what I'm going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's every it's business. Every business. I've, you know, we're not getting into that. But, no, but yeah. there is something about being from a neighborhood where there was an attitude associated with Edison Park kids. Kind of like, uh, oh, my, sure. I can do whatever I want because my daddy will get me out of trouble. I'm not from here either. Yeah, you're not from here either. No. You're from Niles nearby. Right. Uh, but you... But you <laughs> I you, thought you said you're from Niles and you're by. And That's you're an, by, which, which is very you believable, said, and Tony. nearby. Nearby That's is what, what I said. So, so <laughs> uh, but I remember saying specifically about this neighborhood when you wanted to open something here, thinking this isn't a neighborhood that's really, um, how should I say this? Uh, receptive to the arts. Sure, very blue collar neighborhood. It's very blue collar, but that's which what is you part would of think. the charm. But then that, also, that, that's what you would think. It's not right. just a blue collar neighborhood. There's plenty of white collar houses. Go to the Norwood Park Circle, which isn't Edison Park, but it's a mile down you're right, the you're road. Right, you're right. You're right. Like it's, I wasn't no, just looking for Edison Park customers. And also, when I told you that dream, Zany's Rosemont was not there yet. It but was that not, didn't yes. deter me from still following through with the plan. Yeah, because you would have been the only comedy. In, out here, in like the radius of between 10 here and Schaumburg. miles, yes, between, between here and Schaumburg and here and, here and, and the city, and where yeah, which you should know is located. Which yeah, which really, you mean downtown? By the way, I hate it when people say in the city when they mean downtown. downtown. Yeah, we're in the city. Well, that's what I mean. It's such a sure. big city. No, I feel I like it takes away from Chicago. Well, yeah, because like, but some I mean people deeper. Be like, I leave the word I mean, out deeper in the yes, city because we're on the outskirts of town. Deeper but we're still in, in the town. city, right? Well, it's just me because when people do that, I'm like, you're shrinking a, a really big city. Sure. Do you consider parts of the South Side? Now, it's weird about really nice neighborhoods and cities. I'm sure it's not just Chicago. It's other cities that are like this. If the neighborhood's really nice, people go, it's practically the suburbs because it's so nice. Yeah, right. But when a neighborhood's really shitty, they go, that's city. And I go, what is that? That's yeah. weird to me. No, I never noticed I, that, I don't but... like that. No, you're right. I feel like it's... There's something about it that's off-putting to me when people do that stuff. But mm. you were you're right to do it and... um. And, and and people and you're right. There was you were doing these camps where there was a lot of kids. We still do those, by the way. Like we we're renting other space right now, and uh, we're still running. Well, those I have classes. a friend who was telling me about it. Who kids? You know, who her friends go to it. Okay, cool. My friend's wife's friends. I think I remember telling you that. Yeah, yeah. She came to a show, and uh, yeah, I remember we were talking. I think it was one of the fundraiser shows we do because we were doing those monthly charity shows. We right. only got to do two though. Um, before uh, the fire, but raised so decent money at those two. Shows. We did, yeah, man, we really did. Um, and it was good because it was for for kids who weren't into sports. It was something for them. Yeah, which I that's never thought how of I before. Feel about EP because like, I grew up into sports, and this is a very sure, sports so neighborhood. Did I, Joe. You know, so did you? Yeah, of course. You, both of us did. But then also, maybe if I was in grade school, if there was that option, that option was never there for me. The option was sports. There was never there were you know we didn't we had a play in grade school again Chicago public school so I'm sure we were underfunded. Uh, we had a play, it was in 7th or 8th grade, and I actually got to be Romeo, and I was going to kiss Christina Negron. It was so hot. The biggest boobs ever. <laughs> Still to this day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I named her name, but didn't name anyone else's name. Sorry, Christina. I didn't mean to, uh, you know, I think I'm Facebook friends with her. Uh, it's a compliment. I'm not saying anything bad about her. But as a 7th grader, you're like, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. um, and I was going to kiss her, and I was going to be Romeo. She was Juliet. And then, like, a week or two out before we're going to do it live, someone stole the microphones, so they canceled the whole play. Oh, That was my only, like, anything into acting. And I never thought about it in high school because I hung out with dudes who were into sports and stuff. And even though our we had theater, 
But I remember looking back after getting into this world thinking, shit, man, we did The Odd Couple when I was like a junior or a senior. I would have loved to audition to be Oscar Madison. Yeah. I would have been a kick-ass Oscar Madison. We did The Odd Couple with the whip. I was Oscar Madison. See? Yeah. I would I was there when I was in L.A. Yeah, if I was still yeah, here, was. maybe I would have tried to audition against you. I did a couple I plays. I think you had an inside track for that role. I think role, so. I, yeah. I knew the owner. But I, <laughs> I, I did a couple plays in high school, but I was a wrestler like my whole life. you know. So, But there was always this calling that I wanted to be on stage. you know. But I was class clown, so it was like that stage thing. Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Like, I was class clown, too. I, I actually never won it, though. In grade school, I, I was told I took second because we, <laughs> they showed us the top three. I lost to Chris Sorensen, who um, I'm, still, I'm still friends with to this day, although we normally talk um, like we did. But we were like best, we were best friends in grade school. And that dude is hilarious. was always really funny. But that doesn't um, necessarily translate to good comics. That's true. You know, there, there, well, there are certain, because like the dude who won Class Clown, I had on my other podcast back when I used to do Naked Sports Live with Megan Gale, my friend Vince Giraj, who is hysterically funny too. I don't know if what he does would work as a stand-up. I think he's one of the funniest storytellers, one of the best ball busters I've ever met. But I don't know if that would work as a stand-up. Maybe it could. Um, the thing is about that though is, I, I, how do I say this? They always say there are two types of comedians. I don't know who, who originally said this. This is kind of a known um, saying amongst stand-up comedians is that there's the comedian that's at the back of the bus on a field trip cracking jokes, being loud, and you know everyone's all eyes are on him. Then there's the comedian who's at the front of the bus who's quiet and reserved and just kind of writing funny stuff down in his notebook. And both those people will become stand-up comedians. Which one? You know what I mean? Right. So you have your, like, your Mitch Hedberg, who's the guy writing funny stuff down, jotting down his notepad, and then just says it out loud. You know, real chilled out, but a great style of comedy that everyone loved. And then you got your more loud in your face, your, your Bill Burr type. Your, you know, Chappelle, Chris, you know, the, the guys who were like kind of alpha males. Then you got your guys who were kind of like more chilled out and reserved. So I always say, though, that any style of comedy could work because the, one of my fears was when I first got into comedy was I know I'm a funny guy at parties and stuff like that. And I know I could hold my own in, in a lot of regard that way. But aren't they all inside jokes? So I was worried. But then I realized you could take inside jokes and make them outside jokes just by tweaking them a little bit. Right. And so I was saying, oh, so I was hanging out with Bobby. You know how Bobby is. You could just say, hey, we all got this one friend who's like this. And you just you take a, like a real quick little few words to describe what a fucking idiot Bobby is. <laughs> Danny Kales, who I've mentioned so many times on this podcast, I'm eventually going to get on. I'm a great comedian. We used to give him a hard time because he has jokes about how dumb his Uncle Bobby is. And we would say, you're really, you're Uncle Bobby. You just created this fake person so you could tell stories of how dumb you are, yeah. but you're too embarrassed to say this is how dumb I am. Is that, We're just busting this Is chop. that no pun intended? Yeah. <laughs> he says, the joke was, my Uncle Bobby is so dumb, he thinks no pun intended means the same thing as no offense. <laughs> I was bowling with my friends, and he's like, oh, looky here, looky here. My nephew Danny's got a 48 in the ninth frame. No pun intended, but you fucking suck. <laughs> And Danny's got that classic Chicago Italian uh, accent. Yeah. You know what I mean, I always call it a Chicago Italian accent because it's like, dude, Joey. He yeah. call, he's, he's my only friend that calls me Joey. Even though I was called Joey up until like third or fourth grade, family. So I guess still a couple family members will still call me Joey. But um, anyway, so uh, shifting gears a little bit again, we were talking about. Um, that's the fun about doing a drinking podcast. We're talking about the fire. So 
devastated yeah. as you were, and and it was the ice machine, and there was an electrical thing, and and it's it was not an electrical thing. If it, were, it was a, if it was an electrical so thing, what it was would the, imply it was on our end. If it okay, was a, but what was the, to explain exactly what the ice machine is? Because a lot of people who follow the Whip Theater would go to the open mic, would go to the shows, right? They are you. The thing is, I'm an administer on the Whip Comedy Theater's Facebook page, and every now and then I get an alert from a message from someone saying, "What are the shows this week?" And I want to be like, <sighs> "It's fucking burned out. It's yeah. gone." You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, so uh, I I discovered after the fire, of course, that uh, ice machine fires are like a more common cause of fire than you would think in the restaurant industry. It's one of the top of the list of causes. So. Why well, did the ice just put out the fire? Right, because the ice is at the bottom, right? <laughs> the mechanism okay. is at the top. The equipment is at the top. Ah, so what, it's short or something? So, yeah, well, it burned out. So what happens is uh, people lease these. So now you're an ice machine company guy, and you got 20 machines you're leasing out or 100 machines you're leasing out. Do you want to retire one, or do you want to keep fixing that piece of shit? You don't want to go buy a new one. So they keep fixing them and fixing them and fixing them until they eventually burn out and, and start on fire and burn your place down. We had the booth right above the ice machine, the wooden yeah. booth where some, you know, the sound the guy sound booth, would The sound booth where the sound guy would right. crawl up there and run the run. Well, the, we had plays the, in the theater, the too, light. so lighting board, soundboard, all that was up there. Yeah. So you got this big metal, stru- or metal, wooden structure right above the ice machine. So the ice machine started on fire. It got so hot inside the ice machine that it melted the aluminum fan blades in there, which the fireman said had to be, like... That's why the first day, so it took four months for the investigation. Right. They said the first day, they go, it's the ice machine because the source of the fire can only get that hot to to melt aluminum. If it started in the wood and spread to the ice machine, it wouldn't have been hot enough to melt aluminum. Yes, that makes complete sense. So they knew the first day. Now, it took four months later until they cleared the whip. This is just how this goes, though, right? Right, It's always a long process for these things. If I had a million dollars, I couldn't have done anything in there for four months. But now at the end of four months, I'm still struggling with the lawsuit. Yeah. Like, I, my hands are tied. I have no money to do anything in there. People are like, have a benefit. Do a fundraiser. Dude, I opened that place on a <sighs> fucking Kickstarter. I am not asking anybody. And then somebody started, somebody that works for the whip started to go fund me because, like, I don't know. The yeah, fire well, I was wanted burning. to ask about that. Is that just kind of sitting there waiting for yes. you to reopen? Okay, yes. that's nice. But you know what's great, though, man? Is and that it people... paid some bills, too. Don't get me wrong. The well, landlord fine, hit yeah. me for rent a couple times, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not paying. Because you can't, it's a business. Right. So, deal. so some, so of that, not... some of that GoFundMe money, two months of it went to rent, or some of it went to two months rent, some of it went to a But that's all bills. part of the process of rebuilding the place. Holy yeah. shit, yeah. I, I had friends, actually my friend Vince, who I just mentioned, said that he would um, volunteer painting services because he's a, he, he's, oh, that's a side awesome, business dude. painter. Um, yeah, a lot of people rallied, man. A lot of people really wanted things to uh, work out for you, and I know WGN, local news uh, reporters were coming out to try to talk about you. Yeah, you my did, kid was did, on TV. You did joke with me saying it was the best press you ever had. It was a joke, but if we can't joke in hard times, You have to. That's it. why I liked it. I met up with you that night, and we had, we, we went and had a couple beers, and you... Um, I said, Joe, you can't buy that kind of publicity. Well, you handled it... You're right. You're right. But what you handled it well, do? man, because you're, you... I'm... But be honest, though, if, you, if you're okay with opening up a little bit. The, the weeks and the months afterwards where it was like this thing you went to, that, you're, it was you, that was your baby. Yeah. So how hard did it, did, did you have a few moments there where you're like, I, don't, I need to go to a lot of the line of work? Or, or did, no. did, did you ever, you never lost the motivation of I'm going to rebuild this and make it better? Yeah, no, not at all. That's great. Honestly, some people know. Some people, uh, though, man, you put you, you put three years into a business, but I put seven before. That. Seven before that, sure. So you put a good decade of time planning going. I'm a, one day, right? 
10 years ago, you said, one day I'm going to have my own place. And everyone's like, he's just talking, he's just full of shit. Yeah. And I finally opened. And it finally happened. With the help of this neighborhood and a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, which is great. Because right. people like you, and they believed, hey, this is this kid's dream. And they wanted a and, theater here and, in this neighborhood. I yes. hope, I hope that's why. It's not just because, hey, let's give Tony a couple bucks. But to I be honest, though, the business has been up and down. You've had your good weeks Absolutely. and bad weeks. All right, that's fair. Right, so I only most this... businesses are in the first three years. Of course, of course. It's No, businesses are tough. It's very I, tough. I'm not a businessman. Bi- you know what I mean? Small businesses don't get enough uh, help. I, I can lead, I can't manage, if that makes any sense to you. I've said this about you, and you know I've always said this that, with uh, the best, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say this as a term of endearment. This is almost a compliment. No, you can't have it all. No, you, know, got, you are a dude who I feel like you're an ideas man. You've got great vision and a great great ideas of what you want to accomplish. I just think you've always been one of those dudes who needs to pair up with, like, uh, an executive executor. producer type. An executor. Right. Someone who could take your plays Absolutely. and execute them. And I need to you go. To some, I mean? Here's my other idea. You're an idea. offensive go. coordinator. You need a good head coach with to pair up with. Right. That's fair. Absolutely. Or you're the head coach and you need an offensive coordinator. Whatever way you Whatever want to spend it. Whatever it is, I need somebody to drive the bus. Yeah. I'm filling it up with gas, dude. Drive. Yeah. Take me where I want to go. Yeah. I got you. No, that's cool, man. Um, so what can people expect? Do you, do you have any, any plans on the horizon to bring the whip back? Yeah, I'm waiting to see what happens with this lawsuit, of course. But in the meantime... When do you want it back by? Throw it out there. Put a date out there. How can I make up a number when I don't know where a lawsuit stands and how, how long that's going to take? Like... You the investigation alone took four Manifest it, baby. Months. Pick a pick a date. <laughs> I'd love it to be by the time the uh, year is up. So the fire was like October eighth. I'd like to be reopened by October eighth. Nice. And since October is when you and I started the comedy festival back in two thousand, we could we could launch it with that. It would be great to launch. Actually, we, so I would push the festival back, that. man. I'll throw some good business your way. Your reopening weekend is going to sell up because people are going to be excited. It's I'm back, not, so I'm, you're naturally you're gonna automatically gonna sell out that weekend as it is. Fine, but I'm not necessarily so do the ho. festival a month later, so that that's another. You always every month have a new big thing to promote. Sure, right? That's how I've been trying to look at things since I moved back to Chicago, where as a comedian I am my own business, and you feel like you're pouring and pimping yourself yeah, out. It's a brand, but every month I want to be able to throw a new thing out there. I right. remember in January I got to uh, uh, perform at Anthony Rizzo's charity event. Anthony Rizzo, for those you don't know, is a star player for the Chicago Cubs. That was like a performing for or the World Series champion Cubs. For me, is like a dream to right. make my heroes laugh. It's weird to say my heroes when they're all a decade younger than me. Uh, these are 24-year-old kids I'm making laugh, but it was fun. It was great. That was because like, I've been obsessed with the Cubs since I could walk, and. That you know, so you always got to keep looking for. All right, that's my moment for that. So February, what do I got to do in February to make a splash? What do I got to do in March, April? You know, I'm, okay, I got the, I'm, I'm on the TV show. I'm on the so uh, with a business, same thing. Like I'm my business, you're your business as well. But your business is also a theater. Don't push everything all in one weekend. No, Don't, right. You know what I mean? No, spread I it out. It. Let's yeah, spread yeah. it out. You know what I mean? This is stuff I could have given you off air. Yeah, you can, you can let me plug a couple things. Plug whatever you want, man. Uh, you so, got a good podcast. Uh, did you? Did, were you done talking about The Whip? Yeah. I'm going to piss my pants if we don't at least stop. And I got this. The next, can we pause real quick? Yeah, but the next guy coming in the studio is here, so I can let him in. And then we'll wrap then up we in like five up. minutes. Five. All right. Then we hey, hold notice. on a second. Don't stop it. You hear this air conditioning? Yeah. Let it capture it for a couple seconds. I'll teach you how to remove it. That's fine. I don't even give a shit, man. It's not that technical. People don't care about air conditioning in the background. I might pause. I might delete this part now because it's awkward. But here. All right. So Tony's back from peeing. Uh, you have some, so you know you're hopefully 
by October, you'll reopen. That, that would be awesome. But what's nice, though, is you're keeping the whip name alive. you got some young producers. I did a show recently in, in Glenview at the 1090 Brewery. Those guys they, are awesome. They used under the banner of Chicago's Finest Comedy, which is something you and I co-created, uh, to like kind of rebrand the, the weekend stand-up shows. And it was a great show. It was packed. Packed. I had a really fun time. They did an awesome job. Like uh, th They came to me and were like, hey, do you mind if we run a show over here under that name still just to keep it alive? And it's like, how could I say no to that? You guys want to, I'm not paying you to do this, I'm not, but you want to keep the whip name alive? Yeah, go for it, dude. And they sold out that show. They had standing room only. And I, I had to help I, them bring in chairs because I had some family come. Dude, I... So I was like, all right, I got to find... We were like scraping to find chairs. It was so full. Andrew went and bought that sound system with his own money. That's great. So like, uh, how do you tell It's a good investment, guys? though, because you'll always have it. Sure. When, I was, when we were producing shows in L.A. at the one venue, I had to buy my own sound system. And then I turned around and sold it. So... Get some money back yeah. off that deal. Uh, so they did awesome, and like I don't want to lose those guys. I want to open up. No, for, yeah, those are they good inspire dudes. me to want to open again. Also, the kids I look at at the training center and the training center. Let's talk about that. So you're doing a play now, and it's at Resurrection High School on the northwest side of Chicago. Right, Joseph, not too and far the from the Kennedy Expressway, the 90, and uh, the Blue Line. So, right. uh, but yeah, Joseph, which is a classic. So, so tell people about that very quickly, and then I want to get into some fatherhood stuff we're, with you. We're also sending those kids to Disney World in September. We've been doing fundraisers for those shows. They had an audition. It wasn't like just like, hey, let's go to Disney. They sent in an audition tape to Disney. They got accepted. They're going to be performing on a Disney stage. They're going to get like a... Are going to do some Mickey Mouse shit or what? What's yeah. Going on? No, huh? they're going to be singing, man. Which one's complaining Goofy? So, yeah. Why does Goofy me. wear pants and drive a car, but Pluto's on a leash? What's going on there? Are they both dogs? Stand by me. Tell them to find out. I know it's Stand by me. Stand by me. So you quote a movie. King thing. You quote a movie, buddy. I'm quoting. I'm having fun with you. Movie you I know. That'd be a fun podcast to do, actually. That would be. And right, my anyway. other podcast, the baseball one, we're going to do our all fictional baseball team. You got like Willie Mays Hayes in center field. Yeah, yeah it's got to be Run, fictional. Runs though. like Mays, hits yeah. like shit. Yeah, I got uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez like in left field. Like, yeah, you know, you got awesome. like it's all fictional stuff. So uh, I got the ugly woman in uh, League of Their Own playing second base. Power hit in second base, but you can't the, beat ugly's her. Perspective, Marla. Yeah, ugly's perspective, Marla. It's perspective, Joe. but they, they, they the character was written as ugly. I'm not so me calling her ugly isn't me being like a dick. Is it say ugly, ugly woman number two? Is that no? Her name was Marla, but uh, John Lovitz called her ugly. You know what I mean? So sure. gotta go there. All right. Uh, so yeah, let's hit, hit people with the details of this, and then give your Twitter as well, so that we can just end in the dad stuff and. Yeah, because we always do the follow the person this place at the end of the podcast, and by then people are like, click, I don't give a shit, you know? Right. My, I don't tweet really. Well, I well, gotta start tell your podcast. Again. Your podcast. The podcast, you can Instagram the podcast. That's uh, <clears throat> The podcast is called Jack King Off with Tony Valley. It's a poker podcast. It's a pun there with the Jack. Right on, buddy. Like a Jack and then a King. Jack well, King Off if you with had Tony a, Valley. Yeah, if you had King Jack You're suited, into poker and gambling? This is you, your man, man. You this don't even dude. have to be into poker. It's a philosophical No, because there's, there's a lot of philosophy in poker. You're we've, right, man. We've talked about quitting uh, your dream. Some of my favorite books are poker books. Poker. Right, but I mean, let's say you're a comic and you're trying to pursue your dream. I have an episode that's like quitting your dream, but it's directed... Towards poker players quitting. So, their like dream, this podcast, you could go back and listen to previous episodes. Absolutely, which is great. That's why I wanted with Kilgallen's Pub because in my sports podcast, I get it. If you pick, if you start listening to comedians talking baseball in July, you're not going to go back and listen to April episodes because you're like, yeah, that was in April. I don't give a shit. 
you know, it's because it's it's a current event podcast. Right. Yours is not. It stands the test of time. Absolutely. People could go back and listen to the catalog and load up on that. Yeah, great. if you look at the catalog, of course, if you're not a poker fan, you might see uh, home games versus tourneys. Well, don't fucking listen to that one. But you might see something like depression. I did an episode on depression. There you go. I realized that after the you asked how I handled it. There I you thought go. You I have handled the fire. it. I thought I handled it fucking great. And then about uh, six weeks ago, I got in a huge fight with my wife, who we never fucking. Fight. I know that sounds stupid, but we really don't fight. Dude, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Got and, a huge fight with her. And what? she doesn't fart ever, too. She, right? she farts like a monster. But <laughs> I went in the bathroom, took a piss, washed my hands, look in the mirror, and something in my head goes, you're depressed. I was like, what? And then I go and I ask my wife, have I been acting depressed? And she's like, yes, yes, you have. And not like I'm having a bad day depressed, like real depression. And I'm pretty sure Dude, it, it hits you in mysterious ways, fight. man. It hits you. I got to, I miss my... Uh, California medical marijuana card. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I could get one out here. I'm assuming, but no, it hits you, you in mysterious ways. I know people. Man. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> so, uh, just the stuff to calm you down a little bit. Sure. All and right. So, where can people? Uh, I, where, you I told you the podcast on iTunes. Yeah. yeah, where could Jay, they see this play? So, so wait, if you go, so, so wait, really quick. We're oh, jumping around the network. The, oh yeah, the, yeah. Let me throw the network out there. Je- Jester. RadioNetwork.com will bring you to all of our shows. You'll find Jacking Off with Tony Valley. Yeah, you have several. This is a podcast studio you're launching here. Right. Like we have uh, seven shows now. We're, I'm trying to grow rapidly. Always right trying now. to build empires. I like that, man. Well, it's, I, all I want to do is have fun. I don't care about money. You know that, Joe. Like I want to return to the five year old me it's, it's okay who to just care wants about money to play. A little bit, which I, is fine. I just want to play with my friends, Joe. All I don't right, care well. about money. I just want to play <laughs> with my friends and do things I like. You're going to be that annoying dad that's like, what are you kids up to, huh? Yep. All Can right. I play? Dad, we're in the basement. Is that Can a Nerf go gun? Upstairs? Let me go get my Nerf gun. No, I'll show you what we used to do, man. You ever, you ever rig up the toys like this? Pull, the, pull that G.I. Joe's head right off, son. Go get a cup and some string. Come on over here. <laughs> Fuck Did, you, Dad. I'm on my iPhone. Well, okay? now I want to segue into fatherhood. Did you give the plug for the theater? Yeah. It's well, a reservoir. What, what dates could people go uh, see this? If you're in the Chicago area, if you're not, I get it. But you're really going to make Most of my listeners are Chicago based from the stats are I've seen they really? so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get some in Australia, which, by the way, I would love to go to Australia. So, you're Australian people listening, tell your friends I, I will wonder... cater my podcast to you because I've always been dying to go to that country because it looks freaking gorgeous. And every Australian person I've ever met in my life has been cool as fuck. I wonder if that's Dean Mays that's helping spread the word. Ah, uh, Dean Mays, remember him from back when I used to do that uh, podcast that I won't name. Sure, I won't name it. I think I know which one you're talking. No, about. I'm talking about. I just won't. I won't name it. All right, I it's think fine. It doesn't need to be named. I think I know what you're. But talking about. there were some good listeners for that podcast, and if it's Dean, I like you, Dean. Right. All right, but go ahead though. What dates do you say it already? Look at whip, the whiptrainingcenter.com. Whiptrainingcenter.com. If you really want to go, want to go to the play, support these people. There. There's are young kids trying to find a dream, damn it. You could also donate to their Disney trip. It's yes. there's a link on let's, there. Let's Whatever. send them to Epcot. But then uh, if you're into like unique podcasts, we have them at justradionetwork.com. Justradionetwork.com and you guys uh, built my website. The yeah. people who build your website, build mine, JoeKilgallen.com, and I like what they do with it. Nice. Like, yeah, we do website. User-friendly, which that, is what I like. Keep it easy. That was my backup plan in case comedy and show business didn't work out, so I started that website company with Alp. Jack of all trades, master of none. Tony Vettel. Yeah, thanks, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to dick to you. One I of them is going to hit. Yeah, we're busting chops now. This is the segment of the podcast. If you do what you love, the money will come. Right? That's a lie. That That's is a, a complete lie. lie. No. All right. So you're a dad of a daughter, though. I talk about being a dad of a son. It's so weird to hear you a daughter. That. It's so weird. Yeah. So, I was talking about this with my wife today. I go, I'm 33. And I remember when I was a kid, the first time I ever heard my dad say his age, I remember him saying I'm 35. Or maybe it was 34, 35. So I was four or five because I was born just before my dad turned 30. I was, I was 
he was 29 turned 30 like two months later after my I was born. And I remember being like four or five, whatever it was, hearing him say his age, thinking, wow. But then I'm 33, so I'm only a couple years from when he said that he was that age. Numbers I don't feel I know they are dumb, but I don't feel I don't feel like how I imagine him being. Right. You know what I mean? No. Like it's weird. It's never to, gonna change. How you feel now is how you're gonna feel the rest of your life. I would love to ask him, I go, hey, when you were 35, I just I feel like I maybe because I've been incredibly lucky that I haven't had a hard job, day job type thing. I mean, I had, I've had day jobs, but they've been, they've been in fun stuff. When I was in LA, it was short-lived, but I, I worked on a season of uh, an MTV show called Ridiculousness where I was a segment producer where my oh, job... Yeah, it was a segment, yeah, Buds, yeah. Buds was on there too, right? Yeah, Buds was... I, he was in the next office over because he was working on Crash. It's the Nickelodeon show at the time. Nice. But he was... Uh, well, I thought Buds was on Ridiculousness. He was, but at, not for... When I, when I was working on Ridiculousness, he was not. Okay, okay. He was an associate producer, which was a different job role. I got segment producer. Um, and it, was, again, it, was, it wasn't for very long, but my job there, that was like my only date job. Well, my other day job was I was a stand-in on a TV show, which these aren't day jobs for real. Right, right. They're fucking fun. So my job is segment, your segment producer. Yeah, exactly. It's, it wasn't manual labor. My job is a segment producer on Ridiculousness. Which, if you, those of you who don't know, it's very similar to Tosh.0, which I was a, I was a production assistant on Tosh.0, which I think helped on my resume to get the segment producer job, which was fun. It was a fun job being a segment producer because all I was doing was looking up funny videos on the internet because the writers would come up with like a theme. All right, here's our guest for this episode. So she once dressed up like a clown, so we got to find like weird clown videos to match when we bring this up to her. Right. You know, so I'd have to just scour the internet looking for clown doing but it had, couldn't be state so some of it would be hard because it would be very specific I'm like how's this they go and it looks too obvious that whoever dressed up like a clown did this on purpose for this you know and I'm like all right fair enough got you know so that I just my job was just to find the funny videos so the funny videos you'd see during that I think it was the season 8 of that show I, I found a, a few of them a good I, I got, got a good couple episodes where I had my impact on them you nice. know um, but that was the last time I had before that it was 2011 I was working at a warehouse in Chicago, which I loved. Warehouse job was great because yeah. you just get on the forklift, and all the guys were like, "I used to drive forklift cool dudes." We just talk shit all day long. We could smoke fun. cigarettes on my forklift. That's we how long do that ago then. I drove a forklift. But I had many a days work because I was doing stand up every single night at the time. That was kind of like when I was hitting my real stride as a comedian. I would work that job nine to five, and then go out and do stand up and be out. Sometimes I'd be out till four or five in the morning and sleep for an hour and a half. Go there, and I remember going up on the fourth floor and just throwing up in empty boxes because it was it was a shipping. We were like a shipping and receiving department. But so anyway, though, so that's when you bring up age. I've never felt. I'm a dad. I have. I'm married. I have a mortgage. I don't feel like any of those things. When I say those out loud, no, I'm like, what? So when I said to you, I'm like, you're a father of a daughter, you were just like, that sounded weird, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember the first time I got married, not the first time, I've been married only <laughs> once. I don't want to say the first time. You've been married twice. But the, yeah, yeah. when I, I meant to say it this way, got married, went to the honeymoon. When we first came back, I remember ordering pizza. And when they said, is this the phone number? Because I gave them the address. They go, oh, we have this phone number affiliated. I remember going, oh, no, that's my wife's phone number. And it was the first time I said my wife in a sentence. And I remember going, Ugh. Yeah. That sounded fucking awful. Even though I, I was happy to be married, but it just sounded like gross, old as shit. Like, I feel tired. My back hurts saying it, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like I should be going, where the fuck's the mailman? Like, you know, bitching about stuff like that. So being a dad of a little girl in this crazy world we're living in now, what are any guy worries? You know, like yeah, like, she's great though, man. You you two are doing an amazing job. You're bang up thanks, parents dude. because what I like about you two as parents is you care about the right now, but you look out for the future as well. 
Um, we let her fall. She looks so we happy. Her, we let her pick herself back up. No, we, I think that's don't... important. But here's the thing. I'll say something about that, though. You got to let the kid fall and figure some stuff out. But it was funny because I remember over Thanksgiving, they were, my family was calling me a helicopter parent because, you know, big Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, I could totally see you being a helicopter. <laughs> I, said, I said it this way, though. I go, why are you guys calling? I go, why do you think that? They go, oh, because, like, kids are going to fall. Because I was watching him around this one coffee table. I didn't want him to bang his head into a corner of a coffee table. So I was sure. kind of kind of just being on the alert. Yeah. I was letting him walk around, but I was getting ready in case he did fall that I'd protect his head off the coffee table. Right. And they're like, well, you got to let the kids fall. I go, okay, your kid's 16. You're going to let him go to a party where you know the kid does heroin? That's falling. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I said to my one cousin's wife, I've heard you say you're not going to let your kid play football. To me, it's because you want to protect your kid. I know they're going to fall, but if I'm there, I'm going to catch them. Because that's the job as the parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? If he's running around, he had this a few weeks ago. He ran and fucking banged his head. He fell in the and he fell in a way where he hit. He slipped on a puzzle, which is kind of funny. I should have put it away. <laughs> that's pu- and, that's and puzzling, he, Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he hit his head right when he said, "I'm like shit," and he was he had a big welt, a big like lump, you know. And I'm like, all right, that happened. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the kid run around. He does. He, he jumped into something the other day. Like you know, they do stuff. But also, if you're nearby. If, I, if I'm walking him on the cement, I'm going to make sure, hey, don't fall in fucking cement. I, I don't get parents who think I'm being a helicopter dad for that. That's insane on their end, I feel like. Uh, this, this, I, this what am I supposed to be like? Yeah, kid, go, go fucking run in the street. You well, got to teach this kid sometime. They got to learn. Hey, go go play on the busy street, huh? No, I'm but, a fucking dad. No, fuck you, you fucking loser. This this might be an age difference thing, but like I, I've gotten out of the way of her falling, so she so she could <laughs> fall on what though, dude? On carpet? No, we have ceramic tile in the kitchen. That doesn't make sense to me because I, I, maybe I'm too. She, my since she's been so she started walking at eight and a half months. She walked young, yeah, I remember Eight that. Half months, because we stayed out of it. We let her figure it out. We didn't. My hey, son started walking though. He was pre- he was pretty close to that, but then he got sick for. He was. He was, was he eight and a half months? I remember he started to take a couple steps or right around, maybe nine months. I, I don't know if it was eight and a half. Not to compete, because who gives a shit? It doesn't Especially matter. Girls, it honestly doesn't girls matter. Girls are quicker than boys. Girls mature faster than boys. Uh, anyway, though, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. No, but like. Uh, you feel like she got there because you guys stayed out of the way. Right. Like she might have taken 15 months. She might have taken 12 months. This child's path, she got there when she was supposed to because we stayed out of the way. I've read a lot of things where when parents are actually like teaching their kid to oh, walk. Oh, that, I get you there. Yeah. Like you're you're taking the confidence away from a child when that. you pick them up when they fall down. They got to learn to pick themselves back up. So you watch my daughter fall now. She's an unbelievable faller. She almost falls like a wrestler. Like I, I've told my brother, I'm like, I'm worried this kid's going to want to be a wrestler because she's got the moves. When she falls, she knows how to like not land on her Rolls back. Over, yeah. She knows how to land. Like, and I. My son does it too. When he falls, he reaches for whatever sure. nearby. That's a good sign but when it's they know how to reach for whatever. Because you let him. Yeah, no, that that's out. different. I've totally but, let him figure stuff out. My point is, I'll I'll give you this example. You ever, sure. you take the kid to a restaurant? You guys go out to eat sometimes? All the time, right? We so she's in a high chair. The high chair you bring close to the actual table. Not too close, because then she starts ripping everything off of the table. That's and then my she point. likes to chew that's on my, the well, edge. That's what I was going to say. But I'm not going to let her chew on the fucking table. Well, there you go. Also, so say there's a knife. So she reaches and grabs a knife. Oh my god, you're going to stop her from grabbing the knife, right? Yeah, you're not going to let That's her stab my point. her eye That's my point. I'm going to let him figure things out, 
But if I see that he might fall towards something that's going to hurt him, I'm going to fucking stop him. Why does that make me a helicopter dab? All right, but it, what degree of hurt where he's going to bust a tooth? I wouldn't call it a helicopter. Because when dad. he banged into that table, you know what my first thought was? As I picked him up going, oh, shit, dude, because he's freaking out. Because, dude, it was a big, I'll show you the picture, man. He got a big fucking, like, unicorn wealth. It's gone down, thank God. Um, it's actually a good thing that he had that because they say when they bang their head hard and there's no mark, that's when you got to work because it's the, the internal. Yeah, going exactly. In, yeah. So when he hit this head, I picked him up going, my first thought was when I picked him up going, oh, dude, you're okay, was uh, there goes Harvard. <laughs> that was my yeah. problem. Like, well, whatever brain cells got killed there. All right, well, you know, maybe uh, we could get you to the next tier. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? Good. But there goes the Ivy League. There's, no, I know that, the, dude. The, number I mean, one, they're so much more resilient than you would think. Number two, I'm 43, right? So I've seen all of my friends raising kids, and I've noticed that you all, noticed of all of the mistakes. <laughs> their first kid, they act like you're discussing, describing yourself right now. Their second kid, they're like, ah, let him fall. I talked to my wife about this and said, let's try to raise our second kid. And that's what we've really been trying to do is not do the stuff that we've watched our friends do with their that's first fair, kids. But, you know, I joke about this on no, stage. You don't People know always say, I turned out just fine. And I'm like, did you? Yeah, right. Did you I turn out bit. just fine? I love that bit. Are you sure? Yeah. But you, you asked me concerns. And then we, no, it's we fine, do got to well, wrap well, it up. Well, we do got to wrap it up. You're right. But, I'm sorry. I, I, wanted um, to, I wanted to mention yo, shit, one yeah, thing. Me and you get in a good conversation. I knew this would go longer than I wanted to. But we're going to wrap it up right now. Poor Oscar's going to Sorry, Oscar. Red He's got the next podcast on board. Jester Radio Network. Yeah, he's probably learning some stuff over there. So, so here you mentioned earlier uh, that you might have been a good drinker because of the stereotype associated with you, and you just sure. knew, like, hey, I'm Irish. I, so, so your daughter being Mexican and Italian, she's going to be Mexican, what? Mexican, Puerto Rican, and Italian. But forget the stereotype there. Criminal. No, because I'm I, I, <laughs> I, I, a dick. I just, I, I'm raising a human being, and I want her to know she's a human being, and that yeah, she's got, she's got culture thought, coming right? from right, but. I just got in kind of a, a little battle with the wife, and I packed up about 90% of her pink shit because I took a look around the house the other day, and it's fucking pink. Every She's got seven dollies. I went out, I bought her a $50 fucking Tonka truck. Like, I am not into raising. You're a girl. You're going to be bad at math. Pink, 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 and thousands of dollars a month in makeup, or you're not fucking good enough. And that's, she's not that's even... That's smart of you, she man. She just turned a year, and I already see it going down that road. Princess... You're a princess. She's got a little makeup fucking bag, and she's got fifty fucking pairs of shoes. Like I'm starting to. You're put gonna my be foot a good down. dad, and you and I. I feel I'd hate to be that podcast guy that brings up his own material, but I have another joke, or because I'm a father of a son. And I did, we didn't know the sex. You found out though, right? No, we didn't. Oh, know. you were surprised too. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, we That's another know. cool thing about it. Was you, man. a boy. Brit, Brit saw the umbilical. Brit saw the umbilical cord and I the puffed up vagina because the genitals are really puffy when kids are born. Yeah, like, yeah. It's boys' balls are really big. Girls' oh, labia yeah, are really big. I remember being like, Jesus Christ, look at the nuts on this kid. Right. Yeah. So Brit saw the umbilical cord and the labia, and she goes, "It's a boy. We have Dominic." So I went to the top of the stairs. I'm like, "It's a boy!" Like I, I was a little proud. Yeah, I'm not did a home lie. Birth. Right. We did a home birth. So I'm not gonna lie. I was a little proud. And then but I you go, have a great bit where someone says to you, "I think it was like an in." Or whatever, I'm not going to name names or whatever because you know, they yeah, might, yeah, who knows. Sure. Where they say, Oh, they're doing a home birth, that's the new thing, and you're like, Actually, that's the old thing. Yeah, Are you right. kidding me? My like, grandma, that was my grandma. grandma. There you go. I said, Oh, dude, that's the new thing. She's 93 years old. I'm like, You of all fucking people, yeah. dude, like, that's not the new thing. <laughs> they didn't have hospitals 100 it's years the ago. The oldest you know? thing they did. So, so, but no, so back, yeah, so back to your Irish thing, like, how, how do I make sure my daughter doesn't grow up with the female stereotype that our society has been pushing on females? 
emails all these years. Uh, there's a really great book called Choke. It's by a neuroscientist out of uh, University of Chicago. She talks about why pitchers choke in the ninth inning, like the closer. Why does that guy choke and that guy doesn't? Uh, they took a classroom full of girls. They did it with black students as well. They took kids who all had the same GPA in a certain subject, like math. They took all those girls who had like a 3.0 in math. They separated them. They gave them tests. They didn't say anything to one group of women. They told the other group of women, we understand women aren't that good at math. It's okay if you don't do, do that well on the test. Guess who did worse on the test? The ones that they said, don't worry about yep. it. Yep, same thing with the black students. It's okay, you're black students. You come from poor neighborhoods. You haven't been as educated as white. Once you give the excuse, so how do I raise, you're asking the concern, how do I make sure I raise a girl that if she wants to be fucking president... She doesn't create enough scandals to make sure she is. <laughs> well, there's a dead documentary. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Dude? No, there's something interesting also with with, with young girls. Um, and you're right. Society does push them down in, in really bad ways. Oh, yeah. There was that documentary. It's called Misrepresentation, M-I-S-S, Representation. And it talks about, like, I guess at the age of, like, I think I, I might be misquoting it wrong, but the, you get the gist of it. Like, they pulled a bunch of seven-year-olds. How oh, they already know to, by seven. Like, how many of you want to be president one day or whatever? And they all, um, the equal amount of boys and girls said, I do, I do, or whatever. But then flash forward to by the time they are 12, the number of women who want to be president go down because they don't see them. They, they're told that there are no women president, so there's, there's no one for them to look up to. They're not represented. They don't see themselves going into politics. But because that's when they start to say, you're a girl now. You go into do, do you, like you're saying, makeup and pink shit and all. Yeah, they take home act. Then the yeah. boys take shop yeah. and mechanics, yeah. and the girls take home act, cooking, sewing. That's what. That's the school I grew up in. My, I still. I grew up in the uh, dad works, mom stays home era. Yeah, you know what though, and um, maybe because I always knew, but I remember being. I had a friend who was adamant about this, but he's completely the other way now, and. He was kind of like, no wife of mine's going to work when we were like in our late teens, early 20s. He's the other way now. He's, he's like, no, he's like us now, dude, with like, with how he views things. But it was always, to, the reason I never wanted the idea of like me working all day and her being at home was because the way TV made those women out to be. I'd watch like Jill on Home Improvement and um, Deborah and everybody loves Raymond and those sitcoms, they always made the fucking mom to be the most boring piece of shit person. And I'm like, yeah, because you're at home all day watching soap operas, creating drama. In your head, and you just, you know what I mean? You send the kids out to school and it's like, all right, I did the dishes, I did the laundry. Well, I have empty time. And, and not to say all women are like that because some women then will use that time creatively and do great things. But I feel like you're kind of like making them think this is all you are. Right. And you're limiting what they could be as a person. See, I, you know? I, I would convince your buddy to go back to his original sentiment that no wife of mine is going to work. My wife is going to do what she loves. If it's staying at home with the kid, which she did, well, yeah, for let a them year, have the choice. Great. Sure, you know. If it's cutting hair, she loves. I'm basically to a stay-at-home dad during the day. Right? I don't work a day job. I do comedy both. at night. We have a very similar life. We have very sim very similar. We I do. I, dude, I, like, I watch my son all day during the day. When Nicole works, luckily my wife's a nurse, so she only works three, four days a week. Right. 12-hour um, shifts. 12-hour right? shifts. Right. So it's usually three days a week. Right. And um, and then we have four days where, but then, you know, she's so tired after work. You work back-to-back 12 hours. You're fucking exhausted. So that whole third day, it's still me taking care of most of the stuff. And then, you know, but it's what's nice is that we have a balance where, like, I'm going to be out of town this week. I'm doing, you know, this, the club in St. Louis. So right. I think that's important. I, I think what, what you're saying is kind of a good thing because... We, we know more now, and 
And it's funny that whenever I get into conversations like this, and sometimes it, it happens at bars over drinking, is that people think that you're talking shit about how they had it. No, we're not. We're saying that we know more now, so let's do better. I'm not saying that what the way you grew up was bad. We just times have changed. Times we're changed. evolving. We're evolving. For the we're getting better. You know I grew what I mean? up in a racist household. My grandfather athletes don't was smoke cigarettes worst. anymore. Basketball players used to smoke cigarettes on the, they, on the bench, right? But they off the court. So a lot uh, of them still do. But. Well, no, but I'm saying like in the no, there's there's like footage in the right. 40s Babe and 50s Ruth at Boston to. Garden where yeah, they'd smoke cigarettes on the dugout because they didn't know no, because doctors and the Flintstones were promoting cigarettes. Yeah, the so, commercials. Yeah, exactly. Were, hey, we're, you were duped. Hey, Bond, you want another uh, Rockaway? And cigarette? we're duped over shit too. Think about all the stupid commercials on now they're trying to sell us drugs. But it's interesting that I think you're going to be a good dad Thanks, of a daughter sure. because I have a joke where I, t- you know, I talked about how we didn't know. So I didn't know boy or girl until that sucker, until he came out. Right. Um, and I often thought like, oh, well, how would I be for a girl? And I know, and I, this, I'm, I'm quoting one of my own jokes, which I hate to do in conversational uh you know settings, but you want me to quote one of mine? That's no, fine. I already <laughs> quoted one of yours. Um, so the, my, the point of my joke though is that I don't know what type of father I'd be to a daughter, but I know what type of father I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be the father that's like, no one's touching my little girl. I'm gonna make sure she stays away from boys and all that. Do you know why? Because if you met the daughter of that guy, yeah, she's, she's a lot biggest, of fun, man. Yeah, she is. She's a Absolutely. lot of fun, dude. That girl knows how to have a good time, and trust me, she's. <clears throat> Like they're creating that because they're what they're doing is they're saying stay away from boys and that girl's like well now I want it's like telling someone don't eat right. that cookie they're gonna be like well I want to eat that fucking cookie you know it's like a psychological thing but at 28 years old let, let them be a person you know the 28 year old version of me you get that guy the 43 year old version of me you get a guy who reminds this girl daily of her self worth that she deserves the best that she deserves somebody that's so you know your happy. daughter's gonna have sex 100 percent she's yeah she's if you're probably a father gonna, she, listening she, she, right now and you have a daughter. She's gonna suck someone's dick. Prepare she her. She might for lick it. someone's vagina. She might. What you know what I mean? Like just accept I, it. I don't know. And what's make sure happen. what you could do. You can't like what you could, could do. Educate her. You could educate her and make sure that she's sucking the dick of someone who's not a piece of shit. I, I can make. That's sure what you could do. She, yeah, she's not blowing some guy that beats the fuck out of exactly. her. Exactly. Because she's because so she doesn't believe in herself. Because exactly. I tell yes. her every day that she. Oh yeah, you don't go after this guy. Don't go after. Don't do this. Don't 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 yeah. don't. I don't want to do that. I want to give her supportive. Yes, let her be a person. I want to educate know. her, nurture her, do all the be be a dad. But, but I want be, to know she's got a line of communication. Come back to dad like and talk about this shit. Yeah, like good call. I don't want her to be afraid to come. I got my information from my friends at school most of the time. I'm learning about pussy and like that's not the way it should have been taught to me. I had my buddies showing me nudie magazines. I had one friend in school whose parents sat him down and with a Playboy because he found it and they go, okay, we're gonna sit and and they explained to him. This is part of the human body. That's awkward. <laughs> it is awkward, but you know what? The kid was normal. I'm not doing that shit. The kid but, was normal. All right. And he had respect for women, and he didn't call it a pussy or a cunt, or I'm going to go bang some broads. Oh, I used to talk, to talk like, like that. that I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just being a dick. But I, I want my daughter to to grow up thinking that or knowing that she deserves somebody who's going to treat her the right way, somebody that's not going to hit her. No, those are all good values. not going to talk yeah, down yeah. to her, that she deserves the best for her anywhere in life, job, sure, yeah. career, um, um, a partner, man, woman, whatever it is, as long as it's not a goat, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm, you gotta draw the line at goats, man. Just wanted to be happy. I wanted to they live. Smell that. terrible. I lived a fake life till I was 32. I did everything society told me to. I went to college. I got a job at Motorola. I married a woman. I got a house in Park Ridge. I was there, and I wanted to fucking kill myself. Yeah. And that's when I ran away from all of it and started this nonsense. 
That was 06. That was 06. I was glad to have you on the podcast there, Peter Pan. Yeah, Um, Dude, dude. thank you so much for doing this, man. Um, It's always nice to sit down and talk to you. Uh, For those of you who are listeners, normally I have two people on, but with Tony, I just, I wanted to, there was a lot to talk (laughs) about with Tony specifically. Well, I had Joe Fernandez on by himself. I'll get back to having a couple people on to create that more pub style of uh, uh, banter that I hope uh, uh, you guys are growing to love. Um, You know what? Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Cheers to you and yours. And uh, make sure you tell your friends about Kilgallen's Pub.